Simple pleasures, yeah. Popping ears, finger popping time. Who did that song? I don't know. I'll find out. I haven't got any idea. Finger popping time. I bet you got it. Yeah. Hey now, hey now. Finger. I don't know. Something like that. Finger looking good. Popping time. Oh, you gotta know this one. It's all you know. Yeah, I told you. I have no idea. Chubby checker. Close. Slim uh, Pickens? Close. Who did it? Hank Ballard. Oh, Hank Ballard and Midnighters. Well, he did the twist. That's right. That's why I said Chubby Checker. Yeah, that's why I said close. Oh, it was close. Okay, that's not. Did his race speech turn things around, Barack Obama? Two new polls seem to indicate yes. Two new polls of Pennsylvania and North Carolina, the two biggest remaining states left, were released today and show momentum toward Barack Obama. They were released yesterday. Excuse me. First, Rasmussen now has uh, Clinton up 49 to 39 in Pennsylvania. Last week she had a 13-point lead. Now it's only 10. The week before it was a 15-point lead, so it is diminishing. This is important for a few reasons. First of all, polls last week seem to show Clinton expanding her lead in Pennsylvania, probably due to the Reverend Wright controversy. Obviously, that has stopped now, at least according to this poll, and Obama's gaining, even if it's only a slight gain. It should be noted that Obama's yet to even start major campaigning in Pennsylvania. It's also important because the media expectation that is building is that she needs to blow Obama out of Pennsylvania by at least 15 to 20 points. Last week it looked like she might do that. Now it don't look so great. The other interesting thing to look at is the Pulse favorability survey. Last week, 76% viewed Swillery favorably. This week, that number was down to 68%. Maybe the Bosnia lie about uh, all that sniper fire on the tarmac. Yeah, Maybe the, that might the have latest one. Yeah, the latest lie. The poll was taken uh, two days ago. Monday, so it's possible. Meanwhile, Obama's favorability was 72% last week and still 71% this week. Considering all the hoopla around the right business and that it was going to wreck his campaign, you think his favorability rating would have dropped more than just 1% following a week of near non-stop coverage about right. Well, the media evidently got it wrong again. And in North Carolina, public policy polling now has got Obama with a massive lead, 55 to 34%, 21-point lead. Wow. And last week, they released a poll that had the race at 44% for Obama. 
So it's a huge shift in just a week. According to the internal polls, the main reason for the shift is white voters. Last week, Swillery led among white voters in North Carolina, 56 to 30 percent. Now this week, that lead is down to 47 to 40 percent. The most obvious reason in the shift is Obama's praised speech on race. Regardless of what she says from now until then, Clinton will have a near impossible time convincing anybody she's got any kind of a shot if she loses North Carolina by more than 10 points. She's going to get her ass kicked in North Carolina. Nothing could be finer than to kick her ass in North Carolina. Yep. Bye-bye, Swillery. Don't let the door hit you in the fat ass on the way out. Go back to Chappaqua. Or go back to Albany, wherever you're hanging it now. Go back to Washington. When Nero George talks about religion, this is yesterday's poll, which we almost have the thousand votes already, Chris, which means we're going to change it real fast. we got tomorrow's poll on there already. Okay. Thanks to Brandon. Now, maybe you don't like tomorrow. Do you want me to tell you tomorrow's poll before I read this one? Why not? Do it. What part of the newspaper do you always read? Okay. You don't I, like hope, that? I hope none is one of the options. Yes. All right. Excellent. I don't read newspapers on air, crossword puzzle, I don't touch Abbey, local, state, I don't touch national, front sticks. page, world sports, business, comics, horoscope, obituaries, classifieds, and coupons. How about mm. one of those great coupons? If I find Where one on the bathroom floor, I kick it out of my stall. What, the newspaper? Yeah. Well, of course, look at what you got to choose from. You got the Herald and the Scum Sentinel. I went dirty my fingertips with either one of those rags. Too bad we don't have the Hollywood Sun Tatler for you anymore. That's too bad. Well, I think I think when Florida really started going into crappers, when all the dog tracks closed down. Well, I don't know if they closed down, but they started. Nobody, uh, people stopped going there. Hey, everybody, go to the dog track, okay? Let's bring South Florida back to life. I'd rather go to the horse track. But you're going to be there on Friday. But uh -huh. That's pretty exciting. George yeah. is going to be back at Gulfstream. He's like a regular there now. I'm going to be. And I didn't tell you before the show today, I won a thousand bucks at Woodbine yesterday. That's the good news. The bad news is I got off a machine that paid three grand. So how would you feel about that? <sighs> Whatever. I would count my blessings. I just didn't have a good feeling about that machine because it paid big. In fact, that's the machine I won on Sunday. And usually they don't stay hot that long. Of course, there's no such thing as a hot machine. You know, all those tipsters that write those stupid books like the one you want to send me. But never leave a hot machine. But anyway, so the guy got on there and he got a spin for a thousand, followed up almost immediately by two grand on the line, which is a clever way to computer paying out three grand. So you're playing against the computer and these idiots who don't understand that. You know, you can you can bang on the wheel, you can bang on the machine, you can break the glass, which several people have done that before. They get so frustrated and they, they slam the glass and they break the glass. And then the woodbine police come and they take them away in handcuffs. But anyway, when Neeler George talks about religion, we have nine hundred and sixty five votes. And this is not this is not very uplifting compared to the time we did it years ago. I mean, we're talking some ornery people out there. And I guess maybe they think by casting the votes like that, they're going to stop us from doing that. No, they're not. I love it, 442. It's interesting, 342. You add those two together, you got over 80%. I turn it off, 135. 13.8% turn it off when we talk religion. You believe that? No. No. And it pisses me off, 55, 5.6%. Out of 974. We'll get to 1,000 on that, and then we'll uh, Schmidt can it. We'll put the new one on there about the newspaper. Let's do this giveaway right now, as a matter of fact. Caller number five. Now, is he in there, Flea, to do this or not? Oh, I thought we were going to do that around the noontime. No, oh. that, that's the Panther ticket thing. All right. I don't know when we're going to do that. What are you talking about? Well, that's the discussion that we had before the show. Tomorrow. Right. What? That's the discussion that we had before the show is that we don't know exactly when we're going to do that, and I'm sure we'll uh, the discussion find with out. whom? Well, you and I had it. 
No, we didn't. When I faxed that stuff, I said, I don't know when we're doing the discussion, but I'll be sure and find out, and then when I find out, we'll do it. I was here for it. Did you happen to be in the room at the time, Chris? Yeah. Maybe I wasn't listening. I'm sure. Or maybe I was out doing a Joyce. I did well, read Joyce this morning. Oh, well, no, because uh, it was a two-way conversation. So if, <laughs> if you were out doing a Joyce, you must have taken that microphone with you. I did. All right. Did you hear the sound effects? <laughs> no, I did not. It was not. like an Alka-Seltzer spot. Fizz, fizz, plop, plop, without the fizz, fizz. So I shouldn't do the color number five right no, now. No, I don't think there's anybody in there, so just uh, no. hold, hold it. But at least we're streaming today, okay? We've had the last hey. couple of days, we've had some real defugalies here. All these little the, uh, victories, let's celebrate each one. Well, well, what's the victory? The fact that we're, that we're streaming air? today. Oh, we're, we're on streaming. the air and we're, we're streaming. streaming. Yeah. Oh. I'm screaming, oh. and uh, you're streaming. What, what's with Joe Rose lately, by the way? A lot of screaming. Even on uh, his They, they like it, so he's doing more of is it. Is that what it is? That's it. They like screamers? Maybe that's uh, why I got this job. 976 on the poll. Chris can't wait until we change the one about the newspapers. Don't I'm still looking forward to it. Don't forget to join George this Friday from 10 to 2 at Gulfstream. Now, can I read this promo now, or do I have to find out what we're going to do? No, no, that's, uh, that's firm, and we'll, do, we'll be doing that very shortly. We'll be doing what? That other giveaway. The thing. giveaway? Yeah. Did Flea tell you that? Yes, he did. He did texted. he come in there, and then he, he texted it to me. Oh, I see. Oh, is he not there yet? I don't know where he is. It's only 10-10. Busy man. He's been in here since 8.30 this morning at the very least. Mm-hmm. He was here when I showed up. Join George this Friday, 10 to 2 at Gulfstream in Cas- uh, uh, what is it? Racetrack and Casino in Hallandale. Yeah, in Kissimmee. Come by for great horse racing. It's in Hallandale, baby, where all <laughs> the old parts are. Play a little poker, maybe hit the slots for a big jackpot. Oh, speaking of that, some, uh, some bag won $9 million on the uh, Megabucks. Not at Woodbine, but at the Casino Rama up in Berry. Mm-hmm. In Rama, they call it. Rhymes with. Bama. Bama. But anyway, some uh, bitch, uh, some lady won nine million dollars on it. I noticed because they have it at all the Ontario casinos. It's one of those where they have it at all the places, you know. And it's a, it just keeps going up and up, and unless somebody wins, the jackpot keeps increasing. And I've noticed that Woodbine was like eight point seven, eight point eight. Then I stopped paying attention. I don't play that because it doesn't pay worth a crap unless you hit the jackpot, which is like winning the lottery. Oh, the lottery is fifteen million tonight. I better go play it. I'll see you. Don't let me forget to play the lottery today. Okay. Well, it's fifteen million tonight for the. Hey, uh, don't forget to play that lottery today. Six forty-nine. Fifteen million. Boy, you think I'd be back tomorrow? No, I hope not. Oh, that one last show, Neil. You'd have to have that one last show. No, I would not. I know I you would wouldn't not. have to have it, but uh, I would do it if I were in your position. Would you? Oh yeah. Yeah, you'd be talking about one jerks the whole time. Last venting. There's so many. No, not the whole time. What do I care about that? It doesn't matter what they put on there in the afternoon. It's still so many jerks in so little time. The sports leader. Neil Rogers. God. And that was supposed to be the hippest, most witted, hottest ever open to keep the audience dazzled with sports babble and the heat stats. Well, that was a little bit of a train wreck. Was it a, it was a train wreck? Wreck. You okay? Okay. No. Got hit by a train. Don't leave me now, Tweet. I need a little bit of dating advice. Advice? I took a girl to dinner last night. I mean, a real one. Didn't work out so good. So good. Why? Well, I uh, I did most of the talking. You know how passionate I am about the heat and hoops, hoops and heat, heat and hoops. 
I guess it's my homosexual attraction to men's basketball. And, well, uh, she threw her apple teeny in my face and walked out. Tweet! Tweet! Well, he's a little bit dead. To the log! <laughs> it also reminds me of the time a you Dennis pulled out a ham bone. He sat there and tears welling up in his eyes like the old Indian did. I, too, shed a tear. That sparkled like a rainbow on the cheek of a sad child on a rainy day. Shadows of despair hung in the arena as you, Dennis, nursed the pain of a pulled ham bone. You just can't pull a ham bone and not cry. I love men. All kinds of men. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, nothing matters more in my life than being a vacuous, self-interested, homosexual sport hole. A yugga, yugga, yugga. It's a 1018 at 560 WQM. If you like that, you'll hear a lot more of it between 2 and 4 this afternoon. The Jerk Show, exclusively on QAM, because who else would put it on the air? Then 4 to 7, we got uh, the Mad Dog. Then 7 o'clock till 9, it's Dolphins All Asses. And it doesn't even have any names on there now. Who's going to be on there? And then the DA Show, Night of Midnight. He's going to do uh, Double Duty Day again, I guess. Huh? Split ship. Hear that siren out there again? No. No, I did. Yeah. You're going to need Non-stop. a window microphone so that we can get the ambience. You, know, like you that, don't need the ambience. You have the you crowd mic and the baseball like. games and stuff. How about the, you know, we Call have the number five mic. right now, not. See, I'm just... I'm no, just, no, just, we're ready for it now. Oh, we are ready for it. Okay. Yes. Go, do it. Caller five right now at 1-800-227-0560. Wins a $50 gift certificate to the historic downtown or restaurant located at 10 South New River Drive, east in Fort Lauderdale. That's caller number five right now, 1-800-227-0560. Oh, 560. And that's our restaurant for tomorrow for our Neil Deal, the historic downtowner. But nevertheless, call our number five right now, $50 certificate to the downtowner, 1-800-227-0560. I'm doing that several times because I know that the delay hasn't caught up yet. Right. But we are streaming, man. Oh. We're streaming, baby. Oh. I think. What was that? Streaming sounds. Was that the wheel? Yes. That sounded like the old QAM, the IOD wheel. Spin the veal and win a prize. Rick Korch, who serves as the University of Miami football team's chief spokesman, is under criminal investigation after a technician found child pornography on his office computer, according to police. Korch, 52 of Miramar, has not been charged. He's married and has four children, according to his university biography. Efforts to reach Korch at his home by the Herald and his cell phone were unsuccessful. He left the university's sports information office about two weeks ago, set a receptionist to answer the phone. University spokeswoman Margot Winnick declined to comment. Per university policy, I can't discuss his record, she said. Coral Gables police also declined to comment. We're still investigating, said Sergeant Javier Bruzos, the spokesman. According to a Gables police search warrant filed in Dade Circuit Court, courts had requested U.M. computer technicians to repair his office computer because it ran too slow. As technician Alberto Perez reformatted the hard drive February 12th, he found an explicit video involving what appeared to be a prepubescent girl, the warrant said. Perez found other sexually charged images of scantily, images of scantily clad girls that appeared to be between the ages of 10 and 15. Also discovered more than 10 files containing the word pedo in the file name, short for pedophilia, according to the warrant. Huh. Other technicians found sexually explicit photos of children stored in a folder called Season Recaps, the warrant said. School called Coral Gables Police. Detective Dean Wellinghoff impounded the computer. Armed with the warrant, Wellinghoff and detectives on February 23rd searched Korch's office at the Isidore Hecht Athletic Center. 
They seized computers, floppy disks, documents, 24 VHS tapes, including one labeled Wake Forest versus Miami, and hundreds of CDs and DVDs. Courts joined the university in 2004 after nine years managing media affairs for the Jacksonville Jaguars. According to his bio, he also worked as editor-in-chief of Pro Football Weekly and for the NFL Alumni Association and the Miami Dolphins. We love the Dolphins. We love the Panthers. Till they lost last night. Well, they lost in Tampa. I mean, they had to win that game. That was just against the lightweights. you got to win that game against the worst team in history, one of them. And they didn't. They lost 3-1. to one. Aren't you uh, distraught about that? Their playoff hopes are up in the smoke, just like the make-believes here. They got pounded by uh, Boston 6-2 right here at the uh, Air Canada Center. Scare, Scare Canada Center. We got our 1,000 votes yet or what? So I want to change that poll and get off of this stuff. One more. One more what? One more vote. vote? Well, let me refresh it. 999, the next person will be the 1,000th vote on the poll and will win a big prize. Not a big prize, like a pencil. With an eraser on it, no less. Can we afford Ooh. those or what? I don't know. A lot of cutbacks here at QAM. A lot of cutbacks, including Chris's job pretty soon. It's been a lot of fun. We've enjoyed having you. Right. The Dow's down well, almost 100 you. points. What? I said, well, thank you. You're not going anywhere. The kind of money that you're uh, petty cash more than covers your salary. Yep. We're still stuck at 999. They're doing that just to piss me off. You do know that. All those good religionists out there. Come on, somebody out there can cast another vote, or don't we have a thousand people listening? Probably not. We used to have. We Nobody have. wants the pencil. There we go, a thousand. We got it? See. All right. Here's the final total. When Neil or George talk about religion, I love it, 449. It's interesting, 355. I turn it off, 139, 13.9%. Turn it off. Does anybody believe them? No. Lion Getchkeys, no. And it pisses me off 57, 5.7% 5 .5, out of 1,000 votes. Now I just go over here and I click this and I click that and I click back to here. And, and look at that. Pull has changed, George, like magic. Woo. How do you do that? What part of the newspaper do you always read? Well, I'll save the sports section. Now, I'm not saying that just because we're on this station, but I mean, I always read the sports section. I usually read the front page and the editorial. Uh, and stuff like that. Letters to the editor. Do we put that on there, by the way? Editorial page? I'm looking. I don't no. see it. No. Better add it on there. Let's do it. Because generally, that's what I do. I read the sports section. I read the front page. And then the editorial page, letters to the editor, a column, stuff like that. And then I uh, Schmidt can it. Although, at least we've got some real newspapers here, two of them. The Star and, well, the Star and the Globe and Mail. And then the Sun, which is a right-wing tabloid. And then, of course, the National Post, which is not tabloid, but further right-wing than you can't even imagine. The National Post, eh? Real right-wing. Tom Andrews in the Huffington Post right now. Did we give that the... Uh... Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Well, I'm just checking just to make sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're kidding me. You've got five listeners. Hey, it could have been a used Band-Aid. Okay, anybody, call the number 800 uh, wants right. a used Band-Aid. A pus-soaked Band-Aid. From my knee. Oh, you got a bad knee? No, I just made that up. Look at that. We got some uh, votes on the new poll. That's good. Boy, I'll tell you, we were really kicking ass, our own. And Footy's still doing what's where you find the best burger in town. Oh, brother. It's just. It's one thing to have. When, I've always said in this business see, there's some people who are scared of competition because they have no self confidence, and usually with good reason, you know, like Joey. But I've always said that good competition makes you better. It's good, good to have going, and, and we have horrible. Well, we got Lardass at noon. You know, we got that tub of crap. But Footy, 
Can't they come up with something better over uh, over there than that than footsy, tootsie, pootsie, wootsie? Uh, oh, God. I think even noodles would be better than that. Maybe Luxenkugel with raisins. Mm. Tom Andrews in the Huffington Post writes, 4,000 and counting. Uh, yesterday's killing of the 4,000th American soldier in Iraq was the latest grim maker in the Bush administration's disastrous war and occupation of Iraq, coming just days after the tragic passing of the fifth anniversary of the American invasion. Both occurred as the hollow claims by the Bush administration that its so-called military surges working became even more obviously absurd. For months, it's been painfully clear that the goal of the surge, political reconciliation that a decline in violence was to make possible, had totally failed. Now, even the reduction of violence promoted daily by Bush and the Iraq war apologists lack credibility. Up to now, the misleading claim of a decline in violence in Iraq could only be made by comparing the numbers killed and wounded to last year's catastrophically high levels, kind of like standing in a violent Category 3 hurricane and claiming that it's a beautiful day comparing to a Category 5. Now, even that claim can no longer hold water. The so-called decline in the number of violent attacks stopped last November, and for weeks the level of violence has spiked significantly upward again. Meanwhile, the people of Iraq continue to pass their own cataclysmic milestones for, from more than 100,000 who have been killed to the well over 4 million turned into refugees. There's no end in sight for the carnage, no sign that the U.S.-backed government will be willing to compromise with its rivals, and absolutely no hope that the wishes of the majority of Iraqis that American forces be removed from their country will be taken seriously. Next month, the President will ask Congress to pass another tragic milestone by handing over $100 billion more dollars for the military occupation. That will be the latest installment of what Nobel Prize winning economist Joseph Stiglitz calculates will be a $3 trillion price tag for American taxpayers. Washington pundits predict that Democratic-controlled Congress will facilitate this milestone by once again rolling over and handing the President whatever he wants. But this is one milestone that we need not reach. That's why the 40-member Win Without War Coalition marked the fifth anniversary of the war last week by circulating an open letter to Congress imploring it to reverse course. Addressed to Congressman Jack Murthuk, Chairman of the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Defense, it calls on Congress to stop funding the war, support a diplomatic offensive, stop funding the construction of permanent military bases in Iraq and military contractors, and refuse to fund any permanent security agreement between President Bush and Iraqi President Maliki unless first approved by Congress and the Iraqi Parliament. The only acceptable milestone will be the removal of the final U.S. soldier from Iraqi soil. So, anywho, we got 52 votes on the new poll. Aren't you thrilled? Aren't you excited? Aren't you exhilarated? Super. What part of the newspaper do you always read? Comics 9. Comics. Yeah. Do you read the comics? I voted for I don't read newspapers. Oh. 
I don't read the comics ever. I haven't read the comics in years. I, I guess I don't know. I mean, sometimes there are political cartoons and comics that are. I don't read the comics. Sports eight. I don't read newspapers seven. Local seven. Front page six. Editorial page three. Obituaries two. Yeah, that's a nice hobby. Now let's see who died. And then you get, you know, when you finish reading, you think, well, I'm still alive, you know. And then about five minutes later, massive heart attack. You're dead. Just because you're so evil and insensitive. World Section 2, Dear Abby 1, Coupons 1, Classifieds 1, Business 1, National 1, Crosswords, Horoscope, and State None. Yeah. Crosswords, you finally got one. Oh, okay. Are you oh, going to wait until... Uh, oh, okay. What? Were you going to wait until they got a vote? No, I just I just checked because I'm a little bit behind here. There's three more votes on the thing after I printed this thing out. Oh, hang on a second. The phone's ringing. All right. And here I don't have any music queued up. By the way, we're going to have a, uh, a seminar. Hopefully it'll be... Uh, it's all being arranged. Hey, Steve Sloan, come in here. I want to talk seminar. about the seminar. On uh, handicapping, how to bet on the horses seminar. Oh, okay. I'm an expert right there in, uh, in our face at our table, hopefully. And she can point to the board and explain what things mean and show me how to do a wheel. Oh, I almost fell and broke yeah, my neck. Sure. That That's what you got, being rude. That uh, bitch, I mean, the lady from the driving school is driving me nuts. You don't I know see. how to drive? No, it's not for me. It's for Paco, obviously. First, she called me on my on my BlackBerry on my cell phone, and then after I finished talking, now she calls on the other number because I had been trying to call her yesterday and they weren't answering their phone. So I guess it left a um, you know, it left the numbers. Go away, Rosanna, or whatever. Go back to uh, Mexico. She actually is from Mexico. Not ironic. Okay, appropriate. Yeah, very appropriate. American Airlines, the world's largest carrier, canceled 200 flights to re-inspect wiring in Boeing MD-80s after federal regulators raised questions during a maintenance audit. I don't know about you. Of course, you don't fly. You don't go anywhere because you're a schlepper and you don't have any money. I can't even remember the last time I flew on American Airlines. That's how many years ago it's been. I don't like American Airlines, especially in Miami. The airport in Miami. The terminal is just always congested. In fact, the rest of the airport can be empty. And, of course, people will say, well, that's because everybody flies American. Ho, ho, ho. Well, good for them. I don't want to. About 50 departures each were canceled at American's hubs at Dallas-Fort Worth and Chicago O'Hare International Airports, named, of course, after the uh, great legendary Francis O'Hare. One flight from Chicago to Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, was canceled. No flights were canceled at Miami International, where it's always chaos and psychosis at American Airlines. The cancellations represent about 9% of their flights today. Americans checking whether a bundle of wires was installed and secured according to a FAA's administration directive. American spokesman Tim Wagner said in an emailed statement, the spokesman, it's the second time in a week that Americans had to cancel flights as the FAA conducts special maintenance audits at U.S. airlines. Carriers have come under increased scrutiny since March 6th when the agency proposed a $10.2 million fine against Southwest Airlines for flying 46 jets without required fuselage inspections. Many inspections have already been completed. The aircraft are currently in service, Wagner said. We're in the process of completing the inspections on the remaining airplanes and will return them to service on a rolling basis throughout the day. Following the proposed fine against Southwest, the FAA said it would check records of more than 100 airlines by March 28th, which sounds like, uh, what day is that, Friday? By Friday, to see okay. how they complied with a sample of 10 agency directives. 
And if they don't comply, they're going to shoot all their planes out of the sky just to teach them a lesson. Don't do it again. Is that a good idea? Yeah, it's a good idea. Shoot them all down. Unless it's the one that I'm on on Friday. That would not be a good idea. Well, go ahead and do it anyway. Okay, so we gave away that uh, gift certificate, right? Yes. We took care of that. And then between noon and one, don't let me forget, we got that Panther uh, ticket hit. We got a Panther hit. Ticket, ticket. Ticket, ticket. Ticket, ticket. Now, has anybody ever said anything about that or explained why, why we do that stupid thing yeah. on there? Yeah, let, let, let's let's, uh, let's role play this. Like, I go and talk to somebody about something, like the stream or why we're doing something, all right? And the response is, who are you? Why are you talking to me? You're just a dingleberry on Neil's ass. What does it have to do with sports? Why are you even bothering me? Anything we say. Really? Any question. It's like, why are we even bothering them? And their world and how they do oh, things. I hear more sirens coming, by the way. Maybe it's the lady from the uh, driving school. I should have told her. I should have said, speak it English, bitch. That's what I should have said. And don't call her again. Don't bug me. You hear that? Oh, yeah. It just goes on and on. And, you know, I'm not one of those people who's nosy, but I just wonder, are these like dead people? Or are they people who just got hit big car wreck somewhere? Or, you know, curiosity killed the cat. That's why WKAT is playing Spanish or uh, Haitian melodies now, whatever they're playing. Is that station still on the air? You're asking me? Yeah. I listen to as much local radio as I uh, read local newspapers. I don't listen to the radio. I do listen to um, 680 News, though, when I'm driving to Woodbine and back. I told you that. I listen Good to CDs. I don't know what's it's going on. It's an excellent station, man, and you find out where the traffic is and what's going on over here on Lakeshore and on the Gardner and over here and ba ba beep and boop ba ba It's good. And they actually have people who sound like they belong on the air, like real broadcasters as opposed to some of the say are like, uh, like that, for example. You don't hear that in like a real professional market, which this is not, of course. But nevertheless, Gary Hart is pissed off. He said the media is hyping Democratic candidates negatives. Former Senator Gary Hart's criticizing the sensationalistic tendencies of the media in the 2008 Democratic nominating process appearing on CNN's newsroom. The one-time Democratic presidential contender said the media plays a role in all this, and when producers or networks decide to recycle charge after charge after charge and go to the other campaign and ask for responses, that's what you're going to see on television. Hardest supporter of Barack Obama continued, I don't mean to point the finger, but it's not as if the media plays no role here. If the media focuses on budget deficits, on casualties in Iraq and elsewhere, on the failures of Bush economics, then I think the voters will tune in. The Colorado Democrat who halted his own run for the White House in 87 after intense media scrutiny of an alleged extramarital affair, Donna Rice, rude the constant news focus on videos of former Obama pastor Reverend Jeremiah Wright. If you see nothing but Reverend Wright hour after hour, day after day, and the Obama campaign's asked to respond to that endlessly, that's the news, said Hart, adding that such coverage makes it very, very difficult for candidates to refocus on what's really important for this country's future. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Have a heart or a liver? No. You fairy. Oh, what you want? Newt. People, I got it. Newt. Some tax money. Newt. So you can spend it. Newt. Check your mail for a little rebate. When you get home, spend all of it. Hey, people, spend all buy of it. an iPhone, spend all of it. Buy two, spend all of it. Tell you what, this recession, loot. Don't worry about it, honey, loot. I'm giving you, loot, some spending money, loot. All I want you to do for me is to spend every last dime of it. Wee, wee, wee. 
Yeah, people, a big shopping spree. Stackable washer and dryer. Spend all of it. R-E-B-A-T-E, pump up this economy. R-E-B-A-T-E, go buy a plasma TV. Oh, a little rebate. Yeah, people, your tax rebate. Spend all of it. Don't get tired all of it. Keep on buying. Spend all of it. Just don't put it in the bank. all of it. Keep on buying. Spend all of it. Don't put it in the bank. Send it to us, man. We can put it to good use. I can take it to Woodbine and triple it for you this afternoon. 1046, 14 before 11 at 560 WQM. The Jerk Show coming up at 2 this afternoon. A lot of rumors about that show, about the future of it, or the fact that it doesn't have one. But nevertheless, we don't want to go into that, do we? I don't care. <laughs> Which is a backhanded way of saying, oh, yeah, let's rip him an ass again. You rip him. You'll be on Friday uh, from no, Wall Street. No, there's a difference. Me acknowledging things that are going on has nothing to do with my opinion of it. It doesn't matter what they stick on in the afternoon. It's going to fail. Now, why would you say that? Because they'll be the ones choosing Once upon it. a time, we were, do- we were kicking ass all the way because through, Because Joe and Clarence will be the ones deciding what will be on in the afternoon. Oh, so therefore, well, that's therefore, a good point. It will fail. I never thought about that. George W. Bush is not stupid, John Stewart told a crowd in 2005. He invaded Iraq. Uh, they didn't have a weapons of mass destruction or ties to al-Qaeda, but Iran does, so he's only one letter off, and that should, he should be credited. The agency that brought you bogus intelligence on the Iraq war, a defense intelligence agency operative who knew that a key U.S. intelligence source was unreliable, said in on meetings with then-Secretary of State Colin Powell when he incorporated claims about mobile Iraqi weapons labs into his portfolio, now brings you the Iran that is actually Iraq. In a brief official history of their own agency posted on their website, the DIA confused Iran and Iraq, the Defense Intelligence Agency. Noting world crises in the 80s, the agency's report cites an Israeli F-16 raid to destroy an Iranian nuclear reactor. The discrepancy was first caught by the Federation of American Scientists, Stephen Aftergood, who writes the blog Secrecy News. In fact, Israel attacked an Iraqi nuclear reactor, Osirak, in 1981. Israel hasn't attacked Iranian nuclear sites, or at least not yet. The description appears to match Israel's raid on Iraq's Osirak nuclear reactor in 81, Israeli scholar Gideon Ramez told Aftergood on his blog. Today's preoccupation with Iran's nuclear program seems to have been projected on the events of 27 years ago. If that indeed is the case, I'd recommend a correction, he added. The Defense Intelligence Agency, which authored the report, couldn't be reached for comment. The DIA isn't the only one who's made gauche comments about Iran recently. On an official visit to the Middle East that was supposed to highlight his knowledge in foreign affairs, Senator John McCain told reporters, it's common knowledge and has been reported in the media that al-Qaeda is going back into Iran and receiving training and are coming back into Iraq. That's well known. Pressed by reporters, as Jew Lieberman was whispering into his ear, who knew there were no uh, that al-Qaeda was being trained in Iraq, McCain continued. We continue to be concerned about the Iranians ta- taking al-Qaeda into Iran and training them and sending them back, he said. Only after fellow Senator Jew Lieberman, who was traveling with him, whispered into his ear, did McCain correct himself. I'm sorry, the Iranians are training extremists, not al-Qaeda. Not al-Qaeda, I'm sorry, McCain said. And so are we. We're very sorry that you're the best that one of the two major parties can come up with, a doddering old fool like you who never met a war they didn't like, who wants four more years or maybe eight more years of Bush uh, crap with tax cuts for the rich, and, of course, with uh, more and more wars. There's always going to be a lot of wars. Will there always be wars, especially if John McCain has got anything to say about it? He's pissed off about those years as POW. I don't think he took it lightly, you know? He's pissed off, and so he's, he's going to go out and kill some people. Not necessarily, uh, you know, enemies, but just some people in general, just to make him feel better. Doesn't it make you feel better if you could go kill some people? Yeah, i got a list. 
115 votes on the poll. Now, don't be picking on jerks again. Huh? I, what? means nothing to me. It's A lot of stories about him in the sure. building. About, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. See, and it, well, once again, your bad judgment about people. You just... You, no, you, no, no, no. so bad, yes. You just like to make things up. I said that he seemed like a really good guy, and I don't uh, change that opinion. He's, uh, you know, seemed very nice to me. What does that have to do with his performance on the air? Now, just yesterday, uh-huh. or today, or maybe Monday, you were saying that um, th- there are people saying that he's not a nice guy. Just this morning. Just this morning. I was saying, saying that, that there are people who say that he's yeah. not. He's only ever been nice to me. All right, let's not me. pick on the jerks, because after all, we've got, we've got to uh, be a part of the club. Can't you know, wait till be we start part of the team. English. Give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. You know, that crap. Uh, what part of the newspaper do you always read? We have 115 votes. Local section 23. Local yokel, baby. Sports 21. I don't read newspaper 16. Comics 15. The front page 12. Editorial page 9. Obituaries 5. Oh, yeah. Look at those dead people. Crossword Puzzle 4, Classifieds 2, Business 2, World 2, Dear Abby 1, Coupons 1, Horoscope 1, National News 1, and State News none. Who wants to know about what's going on in Florida? Anyway. Yeah, those people who read the obituaries, those are the same ones whose idea of a fun vacation is taking a uh, tour of all the concentration camps. Ooh. Dachau and Bergen-Belsen. They sell souvenirs, you know, do they have those machines that make wax figurines? Lampshades. Oh. That was bad. That was very, I can't believe you said that. What an anti-Semite you are. No, it's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with the fact that why, why be morbid? Why do you have to be morbid? Well, what's the point of going to see it? Oh, I agree. We know, we know what happened. We read about it. It's like, it's like going to the, to the Colosseum in Rome uh, to, to, and say, oh, look at all the Christians they killed here and fed to the lions. You know, you don't go there to see that. You go there to see the, uh, the edifice. Am I Right. Right. Remember that movie with the, uh, what was his name? Richard Burton, Edifice Rex? Yep. Chelsea Clinton has fielded a lot of questions as she campaigns for his mother's, her mother's presidential bid, but yesterday the former first daughter faced an especially awkward query for the first time. A query. Boy, she looks, man, she is so mious. I mean, we can't all be beautiful. I sure as hell know that, but for, do something for crying out loud. The hair, do something with that hair. That's the biggest uh, problem. I'm sure she's doing all she can. No, she's not. Why do you say that? I, I don't think it helps. She's doing all she can, but it, uh, you can only do so much. She's doing all she can to look gruesome. That's what she's doing. Uh, have you seen her lately? Yes. Doesn't There's look nearly as gruesome right as she used to. Well, since she was a little girl, she gruesome. Yeah. Campaigning at Butler College in Indianapolis, an audience member asked the 28-year-old whether the Monica Lewinsky scandal had damaged her mother's reputation. Wow, you're the first person actually that's ever asked me that question. I don't know, maybe 70 college campuses I've been to. I don't think that's any of your business, she responded, appearing a bit surprised by the question. The crowd immediately cheered loudly at the response. Yeah, you go, Chelsea, and God, are you ugly. It was supposed to be the last question of the event, but Chelsea Clinton decided to take one more, saying, I don't think that should be the last question. Maybe the last question should have been after that. Is Daddy still screwing around? And is Mommy really a, a bull dyke? <laughs> Though she's faced the glare of public life since she was a girl, Chelsea Clinton's contended with renewed press coverage after taking on a more prominent role in her mother's campaign earlier this year. The Monica Lewinsky scandal made a brief return to the news last week when newly released White House schedules indicated Hillary Clinton was likely in the White House during at least six reported instances of encounters between her husband and the former White House intern. She was in the House, but she didn't know what was going on in the House. That speaks real well for her ability to be like the guardian of our national security, doesn't it? She can't even secure what's going on inside that damn building. 
Her husband's down there on, on his hands and knees, or Monica's on her. Everybody's on their hands and knees. They're trying to send the blue dress out to the dry cleaners. So, oh, and speaking of that, I took those pants to the dry cleaners yesterday. We'll see what happens. Oh, okay. I was going to say, was there a verdict? Did you? Uh... Well, no. She said the Chinese lady. She said to me because I told her I made up a story that the maid accidentally uh, washed the pants in the washer, you know. Okay. And dried them in the dryer on slow cook. Mm-hmm. And they they seem a little I don't know like they've lost their lost loving you? feeling. Their, okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but she said, nah, usually they come out okay, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, come see. Come. Uh, she looked at me and said. You could probably afford another pair. That's what she was thinking. No, she was probably thinking a schlepper that dresses like you can't afford the good pants. I better make sure these come out good. That's probably what she was thinking, being the clothes slob that I am, being the homeless appearing guy that I am. Although, you know something? It doesn't help. You'd think that if you walk around dressing like I do, looking homeless, that the homeless wouldn't bother you. Hey, spare some change. But they, they still do. There's Chelsea. Oh, man, she is so meus. In fact, she's starting to look a little more, bit more like Mommy every day. Are you watching CNN? Oh, then there's Mommy. There's Mommy. No, Mommy's got the better hair. She's got a do because she wants to be president. So she's uh, spending probably a lot of money on a do. Whereas Chelsea, you know, she probably figures what's to use. And she, didn't she break up with her boyfriend? Yeah, I'm following that. I don't know. Yeah, not that long ago. A few months ago, she broke up with her boyfriend, Chelsea. But, of course, if your last name is Clinton and your, your daddy is uh, Bubba and your mommy mm -hmm. is uh, Swillery, she can probably get all she wants, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure. She's probably got a blow-up doll, a Tom Brady blow-up doll. What part <laughs> What part of the newspaper do you always read? 130. George, by the way, turned me on to a really great story here. I'll find it. That's it's important. way down on my list. Possibly the most important story you'll read today. Is it really? It could change people's lives. Is it the one about the gun in the cockpit? No. No. Oh, the no. top ten reasons to have sex tonight. That's right. I'll get to that after the break. As, I wonder, if, as if. I wonder if they have my reason on there. Because you want to. Yeah, because it feels good. No, oh, because you want to. I don't, I don't remember. I'm sure once upon a time it was something very uh, an important part of my life, but I can't remember that far back. The biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Bill Clinton was exposed as an adulterer. One of his goals may have been to humiliate me publicly, but now is my turn to show him what I had discovered. On that auspicious day, lunch was served on the grounds under an enormous white canvas tent. One of my challenges that afternoon was Fidel Castro. There was a mischievous gleam in his eye. Then he said something that left me in awe. Hilary, I have a picture of you in my office. Mmm, delicious. Almost immediately, we crashed into bed. It was wonderful to lose myself in sheer physical sensation. A few days later, Stevie Wonder called and asked if he could come over to see me at the White House. I answered, yes, you must come to see me. That night, I was ushered upstairs and told to put on a wig and hoop skirt. And he periodically broke into giggles for no apparent reason. I'm not all that athletic anymore, but the next thing I knew I was swinging back and forth, squealing. When Stevie finished, I felt numb. Another surprise soon followed. Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Mick Jagger. Bill didn't mind. After all, it happens. I think uh, George Harrison would be a good fit right now. It's 1101 at 560 WQAM. Happy uh, Wednesday to you. I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. It's hump day. 
And what are we doing that pan? Oh, that's next hour. Panther ticketed. We're going to be giving away some uh, ticket, 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 ticket to the Panther games, who are not going to make the playoffs again. Oh boy. Here's the thing that George uh, passed along because that's all he's got on his mind is uh, getting stoned and getting laid. Getting laid, right? What else is there? Ten top reasons to have sex tonight. Says when you. This is from CBS News, of course, where they know all about it. Mm-hmm. When you're in the mood, it's a sure bet the last thing on your mind is boosting your immune system or maintaining a healthy weight. Yet, good sex offers those health benefits and more. All right. That's a surprise to many people, says Joy Davidson, Ph.D., a New York psychologist and sex therapist. Of course, sex is everywhere in the media, she says, but the idea that we are vital sexual creatures is still looked at in some cases with disgust or in other cases a bit of embarrassment. So really take a look at how our sexuality adds to our life and enhances our life and our health, both physical and psychological, is eye-opening for many people, fly-opening for others. Sex does a body good in a number of ways, according to Davidson and other experts. The benefits aren't just anecdotal or hearsay. Each of these ten health benefits of sex is backed by scientific scrutiny. Among the benefits of healthy loving in a relationship, and it's got a list of ten here. This should kill some good time. Number one, sex relieves stress. A big health benefit of sex is lower blood pressure and overall stress reduction, according to researchers from Scotland who reported their findings in the journal Biological Psychology. They studied 24 men, women and 22 men who kept records of their sexual activity. Then the researchers subjected them to stressful situations, such as speaking in public and doing verbal arithmetic, and noted their blood pressure response to stress. Those who had intercourse had better responses to stress than those who engaged in other sexual behaviors or abstained. Another study published in the same journal found that frequent intercourse was associated with lower diastolic blood pressure in cohabiting participants, yet other research found a link between partner hugs and lower blood pressure in women. Two, sex boosts immunity. Good sexual health can mean, may mean better physical health. Having sex once or twice a week has been linked with higher levels of an antibody called immunoglobulin A, or IgA, which can protect you from getting colds and other infections. Scientists at Wilkes University in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, took samples of saliva, which contained IgA, from 112 college students who reported the frequency of the sex they had. Those in the frequent group, once or twice a week, had higher levels of IgA than those in the other three groups who reported being abstinent, having sex less than once a week, or having it very often three times or more weekly. Three, sex burns calories. 30 minutes of sex burns 85 calories or more. It may not sound like much, but it adds up. 42 half-hour sessions will burn 3,570 calories, more than enough to lose a pound. Doubling up, you could drop that pound in 21-hour-long sessions. That's just in one day, of course. Sex is a great mode of exercise, says Patty Britton, Ph.D., an L.A. sexologist and president of the American Association of Sexuality Educators and Therapists. It takes work, work from both a physical and psychological perspective to do it well, she says. Four, sex improves cardiovascular health. What did you just fax me? couple things. Just things. Nothing worth interrupting this great story over. Oh, look at that. Read about what the newspapers make money on, the ads. Well, I'll put that on there, the ads, although I don't think anybody reads the ads. Well, maybe they do. Maybe I do. Yeah. Toilet finder. finder. Look at that. Well, I'll get to that momentarily, although part of this is uh, missing. Four, sex improves cardiovascular health. While some older folks may uh, worry that the efforts expended during sex could cause a stroke, that's not so, according to researchers from England. I guess all depending on what you're stroking. In a study published in the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health, scientists found frequency of sex was not associated with stroke in the 914 men they followed for 20 years. And the heart health benefits of sex don't end there. The researchers also found that having sex twice or more a week reduced the risk of fatal heart attack by half for the men compared with those who had sex less than once a month. Five, sex boosts self-esteem. 
Boosting self-esteem was one of 237 reasons people have sex, collected by University of Texas researchers and published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior. That finding makes sense to Gina Ogden, Ph.D., although she finds that those who already have self-esteem say they sometimes have sex to feel even better. One of the reasons people say they have sex is to feel good about themselves, she tells WebMD. Great sex begins with great self-esteem and raises it. If the sex is loving, connected, and you want it, what you want, it raises it, whatever that means. A lot of double talk. Six, sex improves intimacy. Having sex and orgasms increases levels of the hormone oxytocin, oxytocin, oxytocin. How do you say that? Just like oxytocin. that. Oxytocin. The so-called love hormone, which helps us bond and build trust. Researchers from the University of Pittsburgh and the University of North Carolina evaluated 59 premenopausal women before and after warm contact with their husbands and partners ending with hugs. They found that the more the contact, the higher the oxytocin levels. Oxytocin, tocin, whatever it is, allows us to feel the urge to nurture and bond, Britain said. Higher oxytocin has also been linked with a feeling of generosity. So if you're feeling suddenly more generous toward your partner than usual, credit the love hormone. Seven, sex reduces pain. As the hormone oxytocin surges, endorphins increase and pain declines. So if your headache, arthritis, pain, or PMS symptoms seem to improve after sex, you can thank those higher oxytocin tocin levels, whatever it is. Eight, sex produces prostate cancer risk. Frequent ejaculations, especially in 20-something men, may reduce the risk of prostate cancer later in life. Australian researchers reported in the British Journal of Urology International, when they followed men diagnosed with prostate cancer and those without, they found no association to prostate cancer with the number of sexual partners as the men reached their 30s, 40s, and 50s, but they found men who had five or more ejaculations weekly while in their 20s reduced their risk of getting prostate cancer later by a, th- a third, a third. Another study found that frequent ejaculations, 21 or more a month, were linked to lower prostate cancer risk in older men as well, compared with less frequent ejaculations in four to seven monthly. What happens if you have more than five a day when you're in your 40s? Well, then you're going to be so healthy it'll be disgusting. Sweet. Nine, sex strengthens pelvic floor muscles. For women, doing a few pelvic floor muscle exercises known as Kegels during sex offers a couple of benefits. (laughs) Kegels or Kugels? (laughs) What? I just like that word. You'll enjoy more pleasure. You'll also strengthen the area and help minimize the risk of incontinence later in life. To do a basic Kegel exercise, tighten the muscles of your pelvic floor as if you're trying to stop the flow of urine. Count to three and then release. Ten, sex helps you sleep better. The oxytocin released during orgasm also promotes sleep, according to research, and getting enough sleep has been linked with a host of other good things, such as maintaining a healthy weight and blood pressure. Something to think about, especially if you've been wondering why your guy can be active one minute and snoring the next. Okay, now, what's this thing you sent me about uh, toilets? Kegel. Disgust and consternation turned into true business inspiration for Peter Alf of San Francisco after he visited an outrageously dirty public bathroom in the Bay Area. I thought if I were someone who had to sit down, it would be a nightmare, says All42. The encounter laid the groundwork for MissP.com, MissP, a new service that helps pedestrians in 18 U.S. and Canadian cities find nearby sanitary restrooms by entering the website into their cell phone's browser, then their city and current location. Bathroom aficionados also can add toilet locations and rate them on the site. You can rate the toilet. I'm, I'm sure the one that I um, departed in the Hilton Hotel Saturday night would not be rated highly at the present time, although I'm sure they've done a beautiful job of cleaning up and discarding the, uh, the used underwears, these somewhat soiled boxer shorts. Ah! <laughs> 170 votes on here. Well, we got some people to read the newspaper. Although, 14% don't. I don't read newspapers. Sports, 36. Local, 30. I don't read newspapers, 24. Front page, 19. Comics, 17. Editorial page, 12. 
Obituaries 8. Always read the obituaries. I mean, don't you find that a little bit, is that morbid, bizarre? I mean, what do you find that? Uh, no, no comment, no opinion, whatever. Curious? I know that my mother always used to read the obituary. She was hoping to find my father's obituary, and eventually she did. Called me up. Hey. Oh, my God, I got such wonderful news. He's dead. Crossword Puzzle 5, Business 5, World 4, Coupons 3, Classifieds 2, National 2, Dear Abby 1, Horoscope 1, State News 1, and the ads we just put on there. Nobody yet. I mean, if you always read the ads, that's exactly what the business people want you to do, just read the ads. Throw the rest of it away. Wipe your ass with the rest of it, but read the ads. Clip out all the coupons and stuff. Actually, when you come right down to it, most of the newspaper, like on a Sunday especially, you know, you have to have like a forklift to bring the newspaper in on Sunday morning because it's that's so right. heavy and there's so Imagine being a paper boy. Like 95% of it's ads. Yeah. Ads flyers, and advertising sessions and coupons. flyers and coupons and mm -hmm. ray coupons and, and crap. Parade magazine. Boy, what a memory you got. Mm -hmm. They still have that parade magazine? I reckon. Now, there's that blonde chick again on CNN. I happen to think I give her a 10. I think she is really smoking. I could be wrong. Look at that. The Dow's down 125 points. Are you watching her yet or what? Well, I'm on CNN. Well, there she is. You're on MSNBC. You don't like her? He's on MSNBC. Oh, I am? I'm on the wrong channel then. Get out. What is wrong with you, man? You are such a nerd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm on the wrong news channel. She is clean and pristine. Man. Oh, yeah. She no, is she is really great. Sweet. Ooh, she looks like intern Shannon. Like it could be a twin sister. <laughs> she looks a lot Seriously. better than that. Intern she Shannon looks... looked exactly like that. I'll send you a picture. Like that could be her sister. Matter of fact, Shannon. Shannon looks better. Would be. There was a senator who was caught indulging a habit A boogeron not much different like a typical neocon faggot Oh! Hands up to Larry We all thank you For giving writers something funny to do You're looking for guys Thank you for tapping your shoe. You fairy. New stories last a few days, but you refuse to go away. Republicans are primarily gay. Absolutely. Hands off to Larry with cheeks up high. We all invite you to inhale our I never have been gay. Gay, gay, gay. I never have been gay. Hats off to Larry. He wants to stay. But his own party wants him to go away. The religious right wants him to say, Larry Craig will spread his legs for you. Oh, you know what? He wants a man to screw. What? 
I tore up and threw away that thing. We've got to give away another one of those certificates tomorrow on the show. So you better fax me that again for tomorrow. I. You know what I'm saying? I got it. You heard I'll me tear it up and throw it away. You didn't say nothing. Do it right now. I don't it care. It says right on there. Give that's one away on Thursday the 27th. Because I don't care. Well, that's very nice. Jimmy uh, you crack don't care corn. about the audience getting something nice for free? Yeah, of course I do. Look, you tomorrow would have come. I don't care. You know, you talk out of both sides of your ass all the tomorrow time. Tomorrow would have come. Like that, you don't understand sarcasm. about jerks being a nice guy. I don't. Yeah, you, you do. Make you stuff talk up out of both cheeks. Tomorrow would have come, and somebody would have said, hey, don't forget, you got to give away another one of those no, things. No, wouldn't and then, have. And then I would have Who faxed said it to that? you. Like somebody Lee, takes an interest in what's Lee, going on in the show. Lee, Maybe Flea would have. Lee would have, and then I would have said, okay, I'll fax it back to him, and we would have done it. What are you all worried about? Just fax it now and shut up. See? What are you going to do about him, Chris? He's just getting really ornery these days. Well, because he's not getting laid enough. I'm not. I don't know. Oh, tell us again about how you're going to get laid this weekend. Uh, well, not this weekend. I'm staying and home. tonight and tomorrow and yesterday and the day before tonight, that. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. Two weeks from Sukkot? Mm-hmm. Probably tomorrow. This could make for one odd family reunion, it says here. Barack Obama's a distant cousin of actor Brad Pitt, and Swillery is related to Pitt's girlfriend, Angelina Jolie. Is she his girlfriend? I think that's what they're called. They're not married? I don't know. Who is he married to now? Is he married to her or is he married to... Um... I, I think they're married or something. Oh, well, it says here, girlfriend. Maybe it's an old what, story. What difference does it make? I mean, you know, I'm in society to today, it's like uh, nobody's married. Everybody's just screwing their That's brains right. out That's and right. making babies. That's right. Researchers at the New England Historic Genealogical Society found some remarkable family connections for the three presidential candidates, both Obama and Clinton and even insane McCain. Clinton, who was of French-Canadian descent on her mother's side, I knew it. I knew there was something there. Is also a distant cousin of Madonna, Celine Dion, and Alanis Morissette. Obama, the son of a white woman from Kansas and a black man from Kenya, believe it, can call six U.S. presidents, including George W. Bush, his cousins. McCain is the sixth cousin of First Lady Laura Bush. You'd think with all that singing talent in the family, she'd be able to carry a tune, Clinton senior advisor Philip Rain said, but now it makes much more sense how she snagged a Grammy. Clinton won for the best spoken word Grammy in 97 for It Takes a Village. Obama also won a Grammy in that category this year for the audio version of his book, The Audacity of Hope, The Thoughts on Reclaiming the American Dream. Genealogist Christopher Childs said, Oh, boy, that used to be one of my favorite places in the world was Childs on Boylston Street in Boston, where you get a great banana split. Hmm. Sure, it's long, long, long since gone, but nevertheless. Well, there's that thing about uh, giving that thing away tomorrow. Thank you. You got it. Well, her hair used to be really frizzy. They just showed her again. Uh, Who's Chelsea. That? Chelsea. Chelsea? Yeah, it's still not frizzy. great. Now it's just ugly. Now it's, now it's just ugly, right. Stringy. Uh, yeah, that's a step in the right like direction. With their money, she can't afford to go get a do? Maybe in another sakes. ten years, she'll and grow into her teeth. human? Genealogist Christopher Child said that while the candidates often focus on pointing out differences between them, their ancestry shows they're more alike than they think. It shows a lot of different people can be related, people you wouldn't necessarily expect, Child said. Obama's got a prolific presidential lineage that features Democrats and Republicans. His distant cousins include President George W. Bush and his father, George Herbert Walker Bush, Gerald Ford, Lyndon Johnson, Harry S. Truman, and James Madison. Other Obama cousins include Dick Cheney, British Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill and Civil War General Robert E. Lee. Obama often jokes about his cousin Cheney at campaign appearances. His kinships are across the political spectrum, Child said. Child has spent the last three years tracing the candidate's genealogy along with senior research scholar Gary Boyd Roberts, author of the 1989 book Ancestors American Presidents. 
Clinton's distant cousins include Beatnikoff and Jack Kerouac, Camilla Parker Bowles, wife of Prince Charles. Oh my God! Talk about a donkey puss! Wow! Is that start? Is the puzzle starting to take shape now for you? Uh huh. All the pieces are starting to fit together. McCain's ancestry was more difficult to trace because records on his relatives were not as complete as records for the families of Obama and Clinton, Charles said. Obama and President Bush are tenth cousins once removed, linked by Samuel Hinckley of Cape Cod, who died uh, in 1662. Ooh, Not John Hinckley. What? That was a greasy belch. That was rancid. Bur burbly. I didn't have any bacon this morning to let go, you know, soak it all up. What did you have? Nothing. Oh. Although I got a weenie in there in the other room. I could, I could eat it cold on the air when I come back. Yeah? Although I'll tell you what, I'll go get it right now. Anybody we know? What are we going to about Neil going senile? Losing his mind. Need a different Irish jig. Or, yeah, I know. Or is that a reel? I was thinking of play, doing a game show on St. Patrick's Day, but we missed the opportunity. Mm. We could play different pieces of Irish music and play reel or no, jig. I can't. Uh, I, I got no weenies. Ah, I got damn a flowers in there, but I'm sure it's all not going to eat it. There's got to be a delivery service there in Toronto for a big shot what? like you. For a big shot like you. Bring your stuff right there. Listen, I don't need any more... Fat, okay? I mean, any more calories, <laughs> any more food, You're right. any Good more point. carbs, Good any point. more fat. The walking to the store for the food is the only exercise If I told you, you what I fat. weighed on the scale ah, no, you don't. would plots right there. I'm not going to do it. Don't. It was not good. It was the highest I've weighed in years. You're and that's because I haven't, I haven't been on the scale every day. You need to get on your feet every day. Pitt and Obama are ninth cousins linked by Edward Hickman, who died in Virginia in 1769. Ben LaBolt. A spokesman for the Obama campaign declined to comment on the center's ancestry. Clinton and Jolie are ninth cousins twice removed, both related to Jean Cousin, who died in St. Sulpice, Quebec in 1718. Huh? St. Sulpice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a frog thing, you know. The New England Historic Genealogical Society, founded in 1845, is the oldest and largest non-profit genealogical organization in the country. Maybe I'll heat up that bratwurst in there. How's that sound? All right. Maybe I'll put it on the flavor wave. Sure. Well, no, it's not. I mean, I'm sure that they're pre-cooked, you know, but nevertheless. Right? No, you don't want a cold brat. It's a white weenie. What? No, you, oh, you can't eat cold brats. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Just the thought of that makes me want to gag. So like, it would be like taking those pants to the cleaner, which Chris and uh, Zach especially. Zach is uh, a slob, okay? He really yeah. is. He's a good yeah. guy. But Nothing wrong with that, though. I mean, fat people were all slobs, but he's a real slob. Oh, just wrap it up in some, uh, you know, in a, a paper in a plastic bag from Publix, and take it to the cleaner and plop it down on the uh, counter. Right. And say, "Oh, speaking of plopping down, by the way, wait till you open this." <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh my do God! That. Now it's going to be really interesting this afternoon when I pick up my laundry from the uh, dry cleaning Chinese lady across yeah. the street. Well, you tip her nice, right? What are you talking about? You don't trip the dry cleaning lady. Okay. Well, you tip her nice. What are you talking about? It's her business. Especially if you give her poopy pants, you might want to tip her. Yeah. Oh, tip her nice. You, you tip the dry cleaning lady? I'm, I don't think I haven't been to the dry cleaners in a long time. Yeah, there you go. A guy like you can't afford to be going to no dry cleaners. Right. And that's the least that that wife of yours can be doing is doing all the clothes, you know. It's the least, but nevertheless, she don't. She doesn't? Who doesn't? Every once in a while. I do. Or I go to the laundry and I tip the laundry lady. A buck or two. She's very nice. Her name's Cookie. My my Chinese laundry lady is extremely nice. She's very, very right. nice and very sweet. And what's a buck or two? I'm not going to give her. She charges an arm and a leg. It's already expensive enough. What are you talking about? What's a buck or two? I'm going to tip her. I tip the uh, drinks people at Woodbine, a uh, loony or toony, every time they bring me a Diet Coke. 
every time they love me. Mm-hmm. They keep them sodas coming, man, just, and I'm you know, putting my coat on this year and running to the tea room, peeing and peeing and peeing my brains out, which is good for you, by the way. Yeah, it is. Real good. Keep that flow going, good man. Good for your Keep prostate. The, uh, Not as good as sex, according to that article you just well, read. Well, believe me, I've seen plenty of people at Woodbine. That are, maybe I'll try the other one this weekend. Good plan. Good plan. Good plan. Good plan. Good plan. Good plan. Try it down here. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. I'm going to give Ricky a blow. Ricky, 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 Ricky,
for your old eyes. Has it got a fax number on it, a return number? I'm a header? Uh, there's Chelsea, no. man. Boy, no. he is kite. Wow. No, they're sending it from their computer, as a matter of fact. Oh, my God. It's probably Eric. No. Doug Thompson on Capitol Hill Blue writes, For Hillary, lying ain't no big deal. He says, Hillary Clinton got caught in a lie recently, a whopper about being under fire in a so-called combat zone, a well-rehearsed lie she's been telling on the campaign trail for months. When the truth came out, as it so often does in the microscopic world of politics, she shrugged her shoulders and dismissed it by saying, I made a mistake, that happens, it proves I'm human, which, you know, for some people, is a revelation. Calling her tall tales of running and ducking for cover a mistake is a massive understatement. Her claim about being human leaves an opening that's ripe for comment, but we won't go there. Clinton's campaign for president is built on a mountain of lies. She said she brokered peace in Northern Ireland. The man who did broker the peace and also who won a Nobel Prize for his honest efforts says her claims are a crock. Ron Fournier of the Associated Press writes an excellent analyzation of Clinton's vague association with the truth. During a speech last week on Iraq, Clinton stretched the truth to the breaking point. I certainly do remember that trip to Bosnia, and there was a saying around the White House that if a place was too small, too poor, or too dangerous, the president couldn't go send the first lady. That's where we went. I remember landing under sniper fire. There was supposed to be some kind of greeting ceremony at the airport, but instead we just ran with our heads down to get into the vehicles to get to our base. Hogwash. The truth is, there was no sniper fire. Nobody ducked for cover. Bad weather, not security concerns, kept her husband from making the same trip a few months earlier. Clinton and her aide stood behind the story, which she has told more than once, until video surfaced showing the former first lady, her daughter Chelsea, and their entourage strolling off the plane and walking calmly across the tarmac. What makes Swillery's situation unique and the Bosnia establishment so damaging, the embellishment so damaging, is the fact that the New York senators built her candidacy on the illusion of experience. Any attack on her credentials is a potential Achilles heel. As First Lady, she did not attend National Security Council meetings, did not receive daily presidential briefings on terrorism and other threats, and didn't have a top-level security clearance. Her foreign trips were glorified goodwill tours, a collection of photo ops and sightseeing trips. Let's be fair. Hillary Clinton's not the first political candidate to lie. Iowa Senator Tom Harkin lied about being a combat pilot in Vietnam. Barack Obama's padded his resume with glorified claims about brokering a deal on immigration in the Senate and about writing a bill to deal with a housing crisis. If Clinton manages to make it back to the White House, she won't be the first or last president to play fast and loose with the truth. John F. Kennedy lied about American involvement in the Bay of Pigs fiasco. Lyndon Johnson lied about a purported attack on a Navy ship to justify escalating the war in Vietnam. Nixon lied about Watergate and many other things. Jimmy Carter lied by simply claiming he would never tell a lie. Ronald Reagan lied about Iran-Contra, among other things. Bill Clinton lied about doing the nasty with interim Monica Lewinsky and lots of other things that were more important and damaging to his presidency. George Herbert Walker lied when he promised to never raise taxes. His son lies just about every time he opens his mouth. So we shouldn't be surprised that Swillery Clinton is trying to lie her way into the White House. As a career politician, she simply doesn't know any other way. Yet her lies about being under fire, used as a questionable way to justify her claim of being qualified from day one to be commander-in-chief, are an insult to every man and woman who served their nation and actually came under fire. Anyone who's been under fire in a combat situation will tell you that it's not something you forget and certainly not something that you simply misspeak about. To accept Clinton's ludicrous claims that she misspoke means accepting the fact that she misspoke at least three times during the campaign. Each time she added more embellishment to the story. When challenged with the facts, her first claim was that she was sleep-deprived, and because of the lack of sleep, she wasn't in full control of her, her memory or faculties. This from the woman who wants us to believe that she'll be the best person to answer that ringing phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. Think about that sobering thought, says Dougie T. boy, Doug. Rip her an ass, baby. Well-deserved. She's confused. She uh, is deranged. She's uh, 
Bubblehead. She's full of crap. And let me say it again. If her last name was Smith or Jones, she wouldn't get eight vote. Am I right about that? Amen. You bet. You bet. Shrill. Uh-huh. Shrill and full of crap. Uh-huh. But oh, she's ready right. from day one. She knows where the silverware is and where the fine china is hidden. <laughs> she knows where that blue dress was uh, sheared. Oh, God. 229 votes on a poll. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Don't forget, in the next hour, we're giving away some... Uh, well, we're not doing giving away anything. But QAM is doing it. At the Carolina Ale House. Might as well start promoting it now. Why not? So people can go there for lunch. Sure. 2618 Western Road in Weston. we got a Florida Panther ticket hit. You'll go there, I'm sure, and see the QM van. Am I right? Right. Or the Hummer. Can, One of those and, things. And you can take your pick. Either see the Panther Crapital game or the Panther Trasher game. Washington or Atlanta. But hurry, because when they're gone, it says they're just gone. They put that in every uh, in every promo now, in every liner. When they're gone, they're gone. You know, it's a Tommy thing. i got nothing to do with it. Right. Tommy. You know, Tommy mm -hmm. speaks uh, strange. Good right. guy, but... Strange voice. Strange. Although he's a sales hole now, right? That's right. Still? Still. Is he selling anything? I don't know. You don't see him anymore? I do. And? I don't say, hey, have you sold anything? Well, why not? Uh, why the hell not? Don't you care about whether he's uh, making enough money to buy you some good uh, weed or something? I mean, what's wrong with he, you? He has never bought me You are weed. so insensitive to he the needs never, of other people. Yeah, All you care about is being selfish. You know, you're going to get your... Tommy uh, and I are and good friends and we talk about interesting things all the time, like, like, sex getting, and, laid, like yeah. getting laid, sex, drugs, have you, you know, things like that. I don't ask him about his business. Well, just this one time... All right. <laughs> hey, Tommy. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. Eight sounds that you hate. But I'm an idiot, and I think they're really great. I doubt that you can handle one or two. Much less all eight. Eight sounds that you hate. The men from the boys, they will surely separate. I'll tell you what they are. Guaranteed you'll go. I like fingernails on a blackboard. When people crack their neck or their knuckles. When I rub styrofoam together. That just makes me chuckle. <laughs> Eight sounds you can't stand, which you could tolerate if you were half the man I am. Add to the list of eight. A fork and a knife, scraping on a plate, scraping on a plate, scraping on a plate. Here's one I really love. You might want to try it. Give me feedback in my headphones. Oh yeah, that's more like it. A little more, little more over there, a little more. Hey, sounds so unique. Now let's review so you can really, really free. Fingernails on a blackboard. When people crack their neck or their knuckles, rub and styrofoam together. Cause it makes me chuckle. 
I like brand new sneakers on a gym floor. Raising an aluminum window. When I get to drilling my molars. That made me say bingo. My boy singing on this record. Utensils on fine china. If these sounds give you the shivers. That makes you a whiner! Hey, do you go nuts if someone bites their fork like this? Cause I love it! Here, I'll do it again. Do you have a nervous system left? How about the squeegee wiping a window while I crack my neck? <laughs> Suffer, you wimps! Suffer, wimps! Oh wait, I got one more! Yeah, we got that one. But nevertheless. Oh, and I should have done this uh, toward the beginning of the show. I meant to, but never. Yeah, we're still on the air. Okay. Dow is down 117, by the way, and I bet you the S&P is down. I'm printing out some useful crap here. One moment, please. Here we go. Well, I want to get the address of this place. The famous. Okay. Not the old famous, but the new famous. Somebody uh, from MySpace emailed this to me yesterday, or the other, I don't know, a few days ago. The uh, famous kosher restaurant is open at... 20301 Biscayne Boulevard, Aventura. Now, this isn't the same old famous that uh, used to be on 6th Avenue, or well, well, on Washington Avenue, Miami Beach, years ago. That was just phenomenal, that I always rave about. Is there any uh, connection other than the name? Well, how about if I read the article? It's a review right. in New Times. Right. Top-notch nosh, it says. The famous kosher restaurant fills a coming void and then some. You know, we also had the Carnegie Deli. Wasn't that in the Gables? Or was it in the uh, Grove? Where was that? I don't know. Don't you remember that years ago we had a Carnegie Deli there? Boy, that was good. Man. It's said that Jewish history, along with religious holidays that celebrate it, can be summed up in three sentences. They tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. Oy! That's very good. At no time of year does this ultimately concise historical summary seem more accurate than now. Thursday is Purim, being last Thursday, of course. A holiday where religious rules mandate that Jews gift others with food and personally scarf down as sumptuous a feast is affordable. Even rabbis are required to drink enough wine that they can no longer distinguish one blessing from another. In April comes Passover, Pesach, with its lavish Seder dinners. And in May, Israel's modern Independence Day tradition is an alfresco feast, meaning barbecue time for most. Barbecue time? There are those, though, who think of a picnic of a Jewish deli pastrami and corned beef sandwich on rye far more appropriate. So even folks philosophical enough to accept that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away can't help but believe the scheduled April closing of 53-year-old Wolfie Cohen's rascal house is a mighty poor timing on the part of somebody upstairs. Luckily, the famous kosher restaurant, a bustling eat-and-take-out deli with a comforting classic New York City feel, opened late last year to help fill the gap. It opened last uh, October or something. October 14th. And how come? Here it is. It's March 26th. And all of this time, we, we, nobody has uh, told us anything about it. Have we ever had anybody say uh, anything? Not that I recall. Since heaping bowls of creamy coleslaw and fresh pickles, sours and half-sours, both admirably crunchy, arrive almost as soon as diners slide into their booths, appetizers aren't really necessary. But it would be a shame to miss two nosh plates, potato pancakes, and fried kreplach. Well, this sounds like the old famous, baby. The former were mostly finely grated potato with ample onion to make the crisp... Crusted cake savory. 
And although dietary laws make dairy products a no-no at kosher meat eateries, the par of neutral non-dairy sour cream supplied upon request was an astonishingly good ringer. A dining companion couldn't believe it wasn't the real thing. The plumpy, the plumply stuffed kreplach, especially popular at Purim owing to their triangular shape, symbol of either the pockets, three-corner hat, or ears of the holiday's villain Haman, could have used more spicing in its ground beef filling. But the generous mound of fried onions topped the noodle dumplings more than compensated for the meat's mildness. Liberally salted and peppered at the table and dosed with more of the rich sour cream, the kreplach were a sumptuously sinful treat. Scrum- scrumptiously. What did I say? Sumptuous? Whatever it was. I'm getting tongue-tied just reading this. I'm so pissed off. Sandwiches come regular or extra large, described as mile high on the menu. Ex-New Yorkers expecting Carnegie Deli-like creations, mountains of drippingly juicy fat meat, too big to even get a Sandra Bernard-sized mouth around, will likely be disappointed. An allegedly extra-large two-meat pastrami corned beef combo on very small slices of rye bread was more mouse than monster, especially since slices were nearly paper-thin, minimizing any interesting chewiness. Or is that juiness? But the flavor of the homemade corned beef and New York-made pastrami was pleasant if mild. Surprisingly, since both Nova Scotia salmon and saltier lox are available at the deli's takeout counter, the menu offers no eat-in lox and only two Nova items, a Jewish Western salmon-slash-veg omelet and a smoked fish platter with choice of bagel and light-textured parv cream cheese, plus green leaf lettuce, tomato, pepper, and onion, and cucumber. The quality of fish was sparse, the quantity, but the quality was high. Let me say it again. The quantity of fish was sparse, but the quality was high. Properly custom-carved from slabs, the slices were silky yet firm, unlike standard mushy pre-sliced smoked salmon. With per-pound prices relatively low, takeout is the way to go for smoked salmon mavens. From chicken soup to bargain-priced mains under $20, with super salad plus two sides, including the lockies, there is much more for eating diners to enjoy, at least to get, to get you through Pesach. Well, that's good. This is written by Pamela Robin Brandt in New Times as a public service from us. I wonder if Footsie knows about it yet. Where's the best deli in town? Is it the famous kosher restaurant? Is it the... I wonder if the deli den is still open in its 18th reincarnation in Hollywood. And if they are? The guys blew his brains out. Did he? Yeah. Damn. I think it's when they wouldn't let us play Sofa King anymore on the air. I don't blame him. But at any rate. So here's the ad, which I googled. I looked it up. Oh, and you can download the menu. The location is 20301 Biscayne Boulevard, Aventura. They're open Sundays, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. They have a, a Sunday breakfast, 8 to 3. That's supposed to be uh, something special. Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Friday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Oh, that's right. They, they, it's a kosher place, so they close at 3 p.m. on Friday. They don't want to be open at sundown. We're burning hell. And Saturday, open one hour after Shabbos till uh, 12 midnight. I How do you know when it's one hour after Shabbos? Hour after sundown? Uh, you start your watch. You start your timer. You look it up in the paper. It says, oh, I see. There's a, they, have a, they had a contest here with face painting, balloon art. They had a whole big thing for Ooh. the grand opening. How come nobody ever signed them up to be on our show huh, right. to, uh, to promote it? We missed out on face painting. Well, I'm talking about the uh, food, about the famous kosher restaurant in Aventura. How come nobody in our sales department ever got them on a year? What kind of a joint are we running here anyway? I could have been a cat. You could have told Tommy to go call on him, for Christ's sakes. Or for ours. Yeah, for your sake. I wouldn't right. have given any of it. Although maybe when I'm down mm. there, I'm going to check this place out. It opened October 14th, 2007. Bet you they have really good kishki, too. 
I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, you know what? Mm, During the break, gravy. maybe I'll check out the menu. Or certainly between now and 2 o'clock, I'll check out the menu. Probably not a good idea. Maybe for me some to nice brisket. Nice lean so, brisket. Nice brisket. Let's check out their brisket. And some great potato latkes and maybe Ooh, some kishki yeah. would be great. I haven't had good yeah. kishki in years. Since the Goyim took over the local deli here, the one I used to get my kishki, remember? Mm-hmm. But the Goyim took it over, and now they got like all kinds of uh, stuff for Goyim. And people from India and stuff like that, and Chinese people. Oh, my God. Lots of Chinese men. 252 votes on the poll. What do they read in the newspaper most? The sports section, of course. 52. What part of the newspaper do you always read? Sports, 52. I don't read newspapers, 40. Local, 39. Editorial, page 25. Comics, 25. Front page, 23. Obituaries, 11. What a great hobby. Mark Morgan. It's the 12 to 1 hour on QAM. Whoa, I'll be good. Told Hillary I would now. I'll be good. And I'll behave like I should. Oh, seriously. So good. So good. I swear to you. Whoa, I'll be nice. And I'll control my vice. Truly, I'll be nice. Hillary won't tell me twice. Hey, so nice. So nice. I swear to you. <laughs> Daddy, they won't let me play my horn. They say I'm too horny as it is. <laughs> I know sometimes in my life I've done some things that were wrong. But when I campaign for my wife, I promise I won't do any harm and I'll be good. Told Hillary I would. <laughs> I'll be good. At least I think that I could. <laughs> so good. So good. I swear to you. But of course my fingers are crossed. <laughs> well, here's some good news from India. They rescued that two-year-old girl. She was trapped in that well, 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 and for many, many hours, and they rescued her. I hope she's got a good dowry, though. Oh, yeah. We're because otherwise, set fire day. to her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of these days when she least expects it. Well, I had something really... Oh, yeah, I checked the menu, and they have kishki. Of course. All right, with gravy? Of course with gravy. What do you think, like dry? Like chazarai, dry? I want to make sure, you know. I don't know how... Dry, dry anus, man. Dry what? You better get with it. Dry anus. Dry, yeah. Oh, let's get back to that anus cleansing story from yesterday. That was good. Start eating now. Heavy-duty stuff. No, anyway, their menu looks unbelievable, man. It's really, uh... Oh. Well, someone should call on them, then. No. Yeah. Why would we want to do that? Then Neil might actually have a spot. Or maybe we could get him on that two-for-one thing we got going. Yeah. I heard you had a soft spot. That they believe me. Trust me. That's all I got. I'm doing fine, okay? For an old fart like me, I'm doing okay. Good. What are you eating now? You're not doing so fine. You're Sandwich. From Howie's? Howie's, yeah. Nine-inch Cuban. <laughs> Is success? I, can, can I just move on? There, there's nothing to say after that, okay? There's nothing to say after you blurt that out. Now, what's Chris eating? Are you also eating? Yes, I had a uh, turkey sandwich. You had? You inhaled it? I had it earlier, okay, about an hour ago. 
So in other words, uh, Nudnik there is just getting around to eating now. Is that? I, I say because it's, it's, it's lunchtime, right. baby. You bet. So get lunchtime. A ceasefire critical to the improved security situation in Iraq appeared to unravel this week when a militia loyal to radical Shiite Muslim cleric Muqtada al-Sadr began shutting down neighborhoods in West Baghdad and issuing demands of the central government. Simultaneously, in the strategic southern port city of Basra, where Sadr's Mahdi militia is in control, the Iraqi government launched a crackdown in the face of warnings by Sadr's followers that they'll fight government forces if any Sadrists are detained. Any sodomists are detained. By 1 a.m., Arab satellite news channels reported clashes between the Mahdi army and police in Basra. The freeze on offensive activity by Sadr's Mahdi army has been a major factor behind the recent drop in violence in Iraq, and there were fears that the confrontation that's erupted in Baghdad and Basra could end the lull in attacks, assassinations, kidnappings, and bombings. All of these things. As the U.S. military recorded its 4,000th death in Iraq, U.S. officials in Baghdad warned again this week that drawing down troops too quickly could collapse Iraq's fragile security situation. There's only one war that's going on. It's a civil war, and we're the ones who created it, okay? We created the situation, a vacuum of leadership there, and we created this civil war there. That's the war that's going on. Shut up, commie. Why do you hate America? Pentagon officials said that military leaders are watching for any signs of backsliding as they consider whether to keep drawing down troops below pre-surge levels. President Bush spoke about the death toll, saying, One day people will look back at this moment in history and say, Thanks God there were courageous people willing to serve because they laid the foundations for peace for generations to come. Even as he spoke, the situation on the ground was rapidly deteriorating. On Sunday, a barrage of at least 17 rockets hit the heavily fortified green zone and surrounding neighborhoods where both the U.S. and Iraqi government headquarters are housed, according to police. Most of them were launched from the outskirts. I don't want to read this. It's too depressing. So far this month, 27 soldiers have been killed in Iraq. Of those, 16 or 59 percent died in Baghdad. In January, 25 percent of the U.S. deaths happened in Baghdad, or 10 out of 40. But so far this month, 27 already. Civilian casualties also are on the rise in Baghdad after a record low uh, number through November when at least 76 people were killed, 306 injured, the deaths began to rise. December crept up to 88 people killed, 100 in February, 172 in uh, February, and as of, in March 24, at least 149 killed, uh, 448 injured. There's bloodshed and chaos is what's going on. But the media don't want to be bothered with that because they're busy talking about crazy preachers and stuff like that. And there's the uh, shrunken head on CNN. When it comes to foreign policy, it's not the way to go. And he's even going Dana to... Bash. She is one of the weirdest. I mean, I, I, I realize it's supposed to be journalism, although it's not. Right. One of the strangest creatures. Dana You're Bash. Right. Strange creature is right. And your buddy Lou Dobbs, man, he's screaming and yelling about mm -hmm. the poor middle class and about the outsourcing of jobs and all these damn illegal aliens. And mm -hmm. let's send all the Mexicans back except his wife. Like that. How are yeah, we going to pull? Kind of slow down on this baby here, Chris. You're not going to make your 10 million votes. 283 is all we got. Let's set a goal of like 450. Okay. I was thinking about, uh, you know, 900, but okay. Join WQM right now at Carolina Ale House at 2618 Weston Road in Weston for a Florida Panther ticket hit. Ticket, 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 stick it in the ticket. Get free tickets to see the Panthers take on either the Washington Capitals or the Atlanta Trashers. Hurry, because once they're gone, they're just gone. So look for the QM van or the hum, the Hummer, the Humper. Right, look for the QAM Hummer. 2618 Weston Road in, Heston, in Chuck Heston, Weston. Well, that uh, famous uh, kosher deli sounds really good. 
And get this. I, you know, I, I, had, I think we got one fax about it, and, and we always get these faxes saying, is this the real, is this the original? No, it's not the original one, but nevertheless, it sounds pretty damn good. It would sure be nice if we got some faxes with some reviews on it. Yeah. Somebody who's actually eaten there instead of pining away. But oh, what are we going to do? The rascal house is going. All the old rascals aren't going to have anywhere to eat anymore. Well, there's a place right there in Aventura, okay? Which last time I checked isn't that far from the rascal house. What is the rascal house? About 170th? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I was there. Wait. I've never been there. You've never been to the rascal house? No. Am I missing You've something? You've never been... Oh, my God. No. ...to the Rascal House. Went to Pumpernick's once. What about Wolfie's? No. You were never to Wolfie's? No. Corky's. Many times. Wolfie's was better than Corky's. I'll have to take your word for it. Corky's, the best thing they had going, of course, was the brisket and the potato pancakes. Well, guess oh, what they I, had... Guess what I'd have. Great. Those little potato lockies mm. like they used to bring oh, us yeah. in when they were in business. You bet. How come they don't bring him in now that they're not in business? I, I don't know. Coincidence. And what about Wayne Arnold? He must be reopened now that uh, Quincy's got him on the pole. I don't think so. What? I don't think so. No? We would know. He would not reopen without telling us. Well, how can he tell us? We don't take any calls. And Fats are there. He's not going to answer the phone when we're not putting him on the air. He knows how to get a hold of us. And how's that? How did he ever get a hold of us Smoke besides signals. calling in? Yeah. You're blowing smoke, all right. Oh, we're awaiting Senator McCain's foreign policy speech on CNN. We don't have to wait for CNN. I can tell you what he's going to say. Bomb, 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 brand. Yeah, that's it. Crazy person, man. Insane McCain. And Jew Lieberman, boy, that would be a hell of a ticket. Guaranteed to lose. 287 on the pool. you got to get to 300 before we can get to 450. I'll tell you that. It's pretty slow. That's what I heard. Maybe that what? They don't like this pool, I guess. Sorry, Brandon. Brandon's not uh, communicating with us today anyway. I don't know. Well, what's the story now? It's spring break. In fact, there's a thing in one of the... Uh, Local local papers. I figure whether it's the Herald or the Sun Sentinel. Got a big picture of uh, some guy hanging from a uh, light post, lamp post, in spring break in Fort Lauderdale uh, back in the late 60s. Yeah. Looking for some elbow room. Those were the days, baby, before all the politicians and all the old folks drove the kids out. Oh, we don't want to have that. They create too much of a fuss, and there's all this uh, drinking and stuff. Listen to that. See? Wow. Boy, talk about timing, man. I still got it. The sirens are coming for all those spring breakers, all those punks. Send them back to Daytona. Send them to a Panama City. Send them someplace else. Send them to Cancun. Any place else. Because we sure don't want anybody under the age of 100 in South Florida. God forbid. Oh, and speaking of crazy people, she's at it again, Sally Kern. Oklahoma House Representative Sally Kern made an Easter Sunday appearance at KFOR-TV's Flashpoint to face off with an openly gay pastor, elaborating on her recent leaked speech and defending her views. A spirited theological and political debate ensued between Representative Kern, host Kevin Ogle, panelist Burns Hargis, and Mike Turpin, and Dr. Scott Jones of Oklahoma City's Cathedral of Hope. I was speaking to a group of Republicans, grassroots Republicans, Kern explained of the original speech, which gained worldwide attention after posted on the Internet by the Gay and Lesbian Victory Fund, and I was talking about the homosexual agenda and how they're out there putting forth, funding very heavily, homosexual and pro-homosexual candidates to run against and defeat conservatives across the nation. Like uh, Charlie Chris, for example. I did talk about what I believe. Scientific evidence, health care, proves that the homosexual lifestyle is a dangerous lifestyle. And yes, I did compare it to being more dangerous than terrorism. And my point in doing that, gentlemen, was this. 
Everybody knows that terrorism uh, destroys and tears down. And that was the only analogy I was making is that the homosexual agenda, this lifestyle which is so destructive to individuals, is at the heart trying to tear down what is the bedrock foundation of our society, the family and traditional marriage. You don't really believe that, Scott. Asked panelist Michael Turpin, or Pastor Jones is more dangerous than Osama bin Laden, do you? I believe that he, with the homosexual agenda and lifestyle it involves, is deadly to the nation. Now, I wasn't saying that Scott here is personally as dangerous as Osama bin Laden, but I was just making comparison to prove my point, she said. Well, I would denounce hate speech of any kind, rebuts Jones, and having my public remarks in response to yours. And you have to understand that when you say that gay people are like cancer, and cancer is something that we eradicate, that we kill, or that we're worse than terrorists, and terrorists are people like what we go after to annihilate, to kill, you have to understand why those words would outrage people, because what are you saying? That we should go after gay people and eradicate them or annihilate them? I wasn't saying that you guys were a cancer, the legislator said to Dr. Jones. I was saying the effect is the very same as cancer. If God's people don't stand up and proclaim God's word, which teaches that homosexuality is a sin, and if we just try to ignore it and let it become mainstream and take on the mentality that you folks want, that it's a normal lifestyle, then that's going to spread through our culture, and we'll no longer have the same kind of culture we've had for over 200 years. That's all I meant. You have to understand, appeals Jones, that there are multiple churches, Christians, denominations, highly respected scholars who disagree with your interpretation and application of Scripture. Sally asked Turpin, if you had a gay child, I would love them as much as anybody else, Representative Kurnan answers. I would love them more than any of my other children because they would have a greater need. Kern also weighs in on her son answering allegations that he was gay, ba gay bashed on a 1989 arrest of Jesse Jacob Kern on oral sodomy charges. In 1989, my son Jesse Aaron Kern was 12 years old. We live in Boise, Idaho. He's never been arrested. He's never been interviewed. And he has said, I am not. I am straight. But if he were, I'd love him, she continues, because God created us all in his image. God's got a wonderful plan for every single one of us. Sin is out to destroy God's plan. She goes on and on about the gay agenda and yada, yada, yada. She's almost as crazy as my neighbor. But let me say it again, almost. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Is it done or a lead, or does it involve your behind? Rectum. Strom Thurmond thinks that only gays do this. Absolutely. Most states have laws. You could be jailed or pay a fine. The Senate now must pick which or a Or on bended knees. You fairy. Oh, side of me. The front door's the back side. Just go and ask Ted Kennedy. As long as my face is in the Senate, you'll have a seat. People without health care, folks lacking livelihood. The way they act. Is really what is lewd. Well, there's Helms to model Specter and horny Bob Pack Wood. <laughs> no matter where you stick it, we get screwed. Look out of me, the Senate's lost its mind. There's hunger, drugs, and crime, God knows. 
560 WQM. There's Insane McCain. Substantially reducing. Oh, my God. He's just uh, a maniac. So I printed out the entire menu from the uh, famous kosher restaurant. Okay. Aventura. The, the soon-to-be famous kosher restaurant, right? It is unbelievable. What do you mean by that? Well, you're making it famous. It's got a big write-up here in New Times, for Christ's sakes, with the whole menu. I mean, who's more powerful, New Times or... Neil, God! I mean, you're thinking about no back question. in the day when we had an audience. Hey, now. Back in the day when we could really... We were moving it and shaking it. Yeah. They got potato pancakes, they got stuffed cabbage, fried kreplach and onions, kishka, gefilte fish, chicken fingers, buffalo chicken wings, smoked salmon. That, these are just appetizers. All kinds of salads like white tuna, omelets, like the famous Jewish Western omelet with no onions, peppers, and mushrooms, grilled franks and knishes. They got the famous meat knish, the frank knish, hot dog on a bun, knockwurst on a bun. How come I'm giving them like a whole spot here? Because because I think it's a revelation, baby. Right. I think it's in the Bible. And maybe somebody will, uh, you know, put them on the air. This is I just a little it. freebie, like a little taste. I doubt it. Homemade chicken soup with noodle or rice or with matzo balls or kreplach. And then they got soup a day. Like every day they got something different, like mushroom barley on Sunday. I love mushroom barley. Wednesday, it's lentil. Oh. And Thursday, split pea. Remember take a split pea? Just this morning. Mishmash salads. Mishmash. And then they got entrees like stuffed cabbage and rotisserie chicken and chicken cutlet and smothered chicken breast and chicken in a pot. George will take the pot part. Fresh brisket. There you go. A tasket, a tisket. Let's try out that brisket. Hungarian goulash. Sweet and sour tongue polonaise. Oh, we were doing so well till we got to the tongue. Flanken. Oh, what a menu. Ribeye steak. Smorgasbord. Kasha varnishkas. I mean, this is like spaghetti marinara, spaghetti meatballs. You shove in your meatballs, your sausages, a little wine. Boy, it's, and they got all kinds of course of uh, sides like macaroni salad and potato salad and kashka, kasha varnishkas and mashed taters and potato pancakes and Greek olives. And, of course, the gigantic sandwiches, the mile-high sandwiches. All of the uh, reviews said they're not that big. Well, they don't have to be gigantic. You don't have to gag on it for it to be good. No, but it helps. Corned beef and pastrami and brisket mm. sandwich and roast beef and beef tongue. Ooh, turkey breast, salami. And they've also got desserts. Chocolate or raspberry cigar. Cake, homentaschen. They got homentaschen. Oh, my God. Also available in no sugar added. They've got a whole bunch of things on here that have ruglach. Remember the day the lady brought the ruglach, almost killed me on mm -hmm. the ear? Apple strudel, Russian coffee cake, baked apple, seven-layer cake, Danish, Swedish, Goyish, all of these things. Wow. All of these things. That, that's uh, pretty exciting. I'm going to put that menu right over here. I'm going to check that place out next time I have a chance in Aventura. I'm going to go in and say, I'm the famous Neil Rogers. Oh, yeah, you're looking for a free meal. Yeah, you should live so long. I'll tell you, the other place I really like a lot, and I only was there twice, and I still have their menu because I liked it so much. Two J's. Only right. I think it changed ownership. And when I went there the second time, they didn't have the same omelet that I wanted from the first time. Okay. I could be wrong about that. But it was very good. Two J's. And they're, I guess they're all over the place. It's a chain. Oh, yeah. Look at this on the back of the menu. Plantation. That's the one I went to on University Drive in the Fountain Shops. Are they still there, by the way? Good question. Because you told me you've been there uh, more than once. To two J's? No. So that must have been somebody else. 
Maybe it was uh, Cordis. Uh, somebody told me they'd been there. What about you, Chris? You're a big eater. Nope. You never been to Two J's? Never heard of it. Must have been Yash. T O O J A Y, Two J's. They're in Coral Springs and Boca Plantation. They're all over in Boca. Lake Worth, Palm Beach, Palm Beach Gardens, Jupiter Stewart, Vero. They're not in Dade County. Well, yeah, that would be Josh then. What do you mean by that? Because he lives north up there. He lives like in the uh, plantation area, thereabouts. Pompano, somewhere up there, northwest. Coral Springs. Coral Springs, thereabouts. Banana Dream Dessert. Mm. Mm. Oh, and you know what I had for dessert before I had pooped my pants at Ruth Chris Saturday night? <laughs> I don't know, creme brulee. No, they did have that. In fact, uh, Taco, Paco Taco got that, but he didn't finish it. He loves that, but uh, didn't finish it because that's when he got into his uh, debate with his uh, buddy. I see. But at any rate, I got that, uh, what do they call it? Banana cream pie. Uh, what the hell do they call it? Caramelized. Ooh. Caramelized banana cream pie. You mm. know how creme brulee, it's got that same caramelized topping, you know, where they... Where they take yeah, they, a, um, they nuke it with the blowtorch there. Uh, they take a blowtorch. That's great. Ocean's 234 has wonderful uh, creme brulee, by the way. They nuke the top of it, and boy, the caramelized banana cream pie. Oh, my God. I almost had time to finish it. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. We're going. <laughs> Maybe that's why my stomach was upset. No, it's, it's that uh, butter again, you know. They... Broil the steaks in butter, and if you're if you're sensitive to butter, if it makes you uh, get the squirts, man, let me tell you right now, say, "Oh, hold the butter, please," because otherwise you might have a nail experience. You'll be kneeling. I can't take too much butter; it shoots right out my ass. Rectum. Pepper and paprika blew me to the catch. Hey! 
conscience tax my sanity. Yeah, I'm gonna lose it anyway. By April 15th, that dread day. 1231 at 560 WQM. Boy, the sun is shining here. It's beautiful, man. Why is it that people who predict the weather are so full of crap? I mean, once in a while they get it right, but then you and I could do that just... Right, right by looking outside. Yeah, that's right. Look outside and uh, Ooh, it looks stick like your rain. finger out the window. Take an umbrella. Sunny and 38. It's going to be 40 today. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, happy day. And no snow and no wind blowing like crazy like the world is coming to an end. And speaking of good things, God is good. Says $1.1 million slots winner. Remember I told you about the lady who won the $9 million at right. the um, uh, Casino Ram up in Barrie here mm-hmm. a couple of days ago? Well, here's a lady right there in Margate who says God is good. A hardworking home health aide from Margate who couldn't afford health insurance for herself is now likely the biggest jack- casino jackpot winner in Florida history. Well, that's because we're just getting the slots going, baby. Mm-hmm. You wait till this weekend when I'm there. I'm going to be dangerous. I think I ought to go to Gulfstream. Yeah, I think you should. Pompano? They got Wheel of Fortune there. Yeah. Quarters, dollars? Dollar, five dollar. Five dollar? Yeah. You know how much you can lose on a five dollar machine like in 20 No, but minutes? I bet you you'll tell me or show me. <laughs> Paulette Miles, 48, was down to her final spin on a progressive jackpot cash cow class 2 electronic gaming machine at Seminole Coconut Creek Casino Saturday night. And it turned out to be a good machine, man. She hit the button and won a record $1.1 million. Good machine, man. This is wonderful. Now, instead of having to work seven days, I only have to work five days a week, said Miles, reached by the Herald by her cell phone this morning. And she was leaving the home of a patient she'd been caring for overnight. Miles, an immigrant from Jamaica, man, said she's using her winnings to pay off her mortgage, pay off her car loan, buy herself health and life insurance, help her niece with her college tuition, help her needy family in Jamaica, and pay the taxes from her jackpot win. See, there are taxes on your winnings there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. You finally get lucky and you win something and they make you pay tax. And I guarantee it's like 40%. At least. Isn't that disgusting? There's no tax when you win at the track here or at the casino. They give you the cash, or they write you a check. Have a good time. Have a great life. The rest, she said, will be safe for emergencies and to build a retirement nest egg. God decided to bless me for a reason. I will not waste my blessings on things that aren't necessary, she said. I will not waste it on things like a vacation. Steve Bonner, general manager at the Seminole Coconut Creek Casino, said Miles hit her jackpot shortly before 11 o'clock Saturday night. She was playing one of the nickel machines, one of the progressive electronic gaming machines, that for a year now had built up a jackpot of over a million bucks, Bonner said. We were wondering when somebody would finally hit the jackpot. The nickel machine that Miles was playing builds its jackpot because it's linked with all the other progressive nickel machines at the Seminole Tribe's seven Florida casinos. Bonner said Miles won the $1.1 million jackpot because instead of betting one nickel at a time, which entitles you to play just one pay line, she was playing all 27 pay lines at once. He said, people who bet the maximum pay lines are the ones who win the big jackpot, which is absolutely correct. Now, let's see, 27 nickels is how much? 20 nickels is a buck. So it's like a buck... Um, 35. Yeah. Very good. So it's like a dollar machine, man, a little more than that. It's like a buck and a half machine. Miles said she bet the maximum because she could afford to spend a dollar thirty-five per play on nickel machines. See, if I would have just kept reading, I would have known it was a buck thirty-five. But we can do the math. We can handle it. I can't afford to play the quarter machines that way. That's why I play the nickel machine, said Miles, who said she plays the machines once in a while to relax and dream and has never bet more than 100 bucks at a time. 
Miles said that when she hit the jackpot, she thought she'd won five grand, but the woman playing next to her screamed that Miles had actually won one point million dollars. They treated me like a queen when I won, said Miles. That's how they always treat me at Woodbine, like a queen. Appropriate. Said Miles, who after filling out necessary paperwork with the IRS, received the amount in a lump sum. God is good, she said. Oh, God! Bonner said the biggest jackpot win to take place at Seminole was 800,000 seven years ago, and it also took place at the Seminole Coconut Creek. I wonder if that was the one where they didn't want to pay the guy. Remember, remember that one? Or was yeah, like I do. But they, uh, like they straightened that out. Malfunction at the junction. Oh, they certainly did. They straightened <laughs> it out. Because he came back and said, hey, guess what? You guys owe me a bunch of money and like that. And he, oh, okay. He said lawyer and bad press to them. Mm-hmm. And they straightened Things it like out. Things like that. Yeah. All of these things. Right. Anyway, that uh, is very nice. I hope she enjoys it. Unfortunately, she's got to pay a ton of, a ton of money in uh, taxes. Yeah, well, I'll take it anyway. I understand, but 1.1 million, Christ. Now, how do we know how we're doing with those Panther tickets? Is anybody communicating with us? Do we know who's out there even? Are we Probably you know, early, but we can, uh, we'll get a report. Is this just an exercise or what? Yeah. Join WQM right now at Carolina Ale House, 2618 Weston Road in Weston, for playing a Panther ticket hit. Ticket, 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 ticket. Stick it in your ticket, and then listen to Wilson Pickett. Get free tickets to see the Panthers take on either the Washington Capitals or the Atlanta Trashers. Your choice. Hurry, because once they're gone, they're gone. I don't know how many we had. Do we have any idea? Uh, 10,000? Probably a bunch. But I'm going to find out. Yeah, find out something. Find out what's going on with that, because that's a noon-to-one thing. You know, it's already 1236. Not that I'm watching the clock or anything like that. That would be bad. There's nothing worse than people that go to work and they watch the clock. You know, when you go into a supermarket and you go through the checkout and all these young punks are talking to each other, all the employees, oh, what time's your break? What time you get off? The-? That's all they're thinking about is when the hell they get off from work, you know? Mm-hmm. That's not my idea of somebody that really has their nose to the grindstone like Chris, who wants to know how early can he come in and how late can he stay? Exactly. And how many extra days can he work? That's only because he might make an extra couple of bucks. Something like that. Isn't that what you're thinking about when you come in in the morning? How late can I stay and how much can I get done here today? Always. How can and George he's thinking of that? How can I get done today? Mm-hmm. And by whom? Right. I got an idea. Do you? Mm-hmm. Three hundred thirty-eight votes on your poll. We need to get to four fifty or else. By the state of Israel. Oh boy, there he goes again. Bop bop bop. I wonder where Julie. Julie Lieberman's hiding under yeah, the uh, podium. By the way, they just showed him wailing at the wall. Like Julie Lieberman was under the podium asking, "Is this thing kosher?" It's old. I know that. I don't know if it's kosher, uh, Joe, but it's uh, it's old. Old and craggy, like insane McCain. I mean, this is the best that we can do in the free. So it used to be free world is to come up with this, this piece of dreck. Well, look who they had. They had Mitt Romney, who had that uh, you know comic book appearance. And comic books were doing very well. In fact, didn't they come in second in our poll about the way you read in the newspaper? People like the comics. Yeah, even I used like, to. Uh, even like Marlon Brando's grandson there. He reads the funny papers. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Now, who was that? Was that Anthony? Yeah, it was That's Anthony. right. And then, of course, after he read the funny papers, he became an gay. opera singer. Gay. You know what that means? Gay. 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 There was a lot of that in that family. Gay. We had the priest. Everybody can use We, we can always use a good young priest. Gay. And then the opera singer. Gay. Wow. Wouldn't you have thought they'd have been a little bit more macho in that mafia family? You'd have thought. And then, of course, Sophia with that schnoz. Of course, those Italians, you know, the stories that you came back with. What, what do you mean stories? It's not stories. It's the truth. I, I didn't say that there were, uh, you know, 
false stories, but nevertheless, yeah. the truth. they have a different Italy, criteria in Italy, there. In Italy, there's no such thing as, uh, unless you're a yeah. recipient of anal sex. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, you can do anything with uh, whoever you want. Right. It's very... Uh, and you're just a, go- a guy. A lot of latitude there. Well, that's the attitude. Space and I thought on the fax machine and all over the place, even uh, bottles coming through the uh, Lake Ontario, mm-hmm. there'd be uh, messages about the famous kosher restaurant in Aventura. Okay. Wouldn't you have thought? I would have. You get anything? No, nothing. You get any calls about it, Chris? Not a fax, not an email. Oh, we got loads of them. See, he won't answer the phone anyway. Correct. It wasn't ringing anyway, for what it's worth. How do you know it wasn't ringing? Because uh, I got the screen on, green like you. We have it I don't have, why should I have the screen on? I can't punch him up here anyway. I, I know, I, but nevertheless. If you think I'm going to mess with that router. I, I know you're not going to, but I do have the screen dreaming. on, and it hasn't blinked at all. Well, make the phone ring, okay? 5670560. Chris will answer it if you've ever eaten at the new, the new famous restaurant on, in Aventura, the co- famous kosher restaurant, and tell, give Chris his buy report. See, it's going to be another minute before the delay builds up. And what's the story with the Panther ticket hit? Ticket, 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 ticket. Rickett, what's the story? I'm getting information. As a matter of fact, I might already have it. Let me look my text uh, and stuff. We had ten pairs. Yeah. And we still have a couple pairs left. We're uh, done at one. Okay, we got a couple of pairs left. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to go see the Panthers on, on us, just hit up uh, our uh, thing. Our, our Juan is got? out there. Who? We have Juan out there. Oh, I'm so sorry. Juan is out there at the uh, Carolina Ale House, 2618 Western Road in Weston. For a Panther ticket, hit. you can go see. Well, whatever we got left, that's what you'll get. We got one pair, two pair. Mm-hmm. But you better hurry up. We only got 14 minutes left. Because once it gets to be one o'clock, one, you won't see him no more. He'll be long gone. And once he's gone, like the tickets, they're gone. So go get them. Well, that's not so bad. We had 10, and we got a couple pair left. So some people actually came by. But the thing of it now is the phone ringing about the famous. Phone's ringing. Are you answering it? Oh, no. Do it. Hi! Come on, fatso, you lump. This ought to be funny. You know that expression about a lump of coal? Yeah. That, that's him. Lump. The human lump. Coal is hard and shiny. I mean, boy, is that a lot to ask for just, I mean, not on the air or anything, just it's, off the It's ear. because I'm sure that, uh, that he knows that it's just going to be those people. How do you know that? 
Oh, I don't know it. So, so that's in other where words, I would you're saying that money. if we ever want to get any information about anything, we can't do it because those people have hijacked the phone. We know that. They're, they're I, wouldn't not expecting... it, I wouldn't put it that way. This is what you call catching them off guard. Uh-huh. They're not expecting any calls. Once they hear my voice and know that I'm doing a show on a given day, they know forget about it. There ain't going to be no calls. So they're all gathering for their no. meetings at Gilbert's house. Let me try this in English. Uh, they're the only ones who call these days. That's not what you tell me when I ask you about the show when I'm on vacation, etc. You always see you had a whole bunch of great intellectual callers. Oh, yeah. I, I, so yeah, what's the story, Chris? We getting info on the uh, famous deli? We had three callers. One hung up. One wanted to talk to you because he'd never been there. And one said he's been there, but he wanted to talk to you about Wayne Arnold's place. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was your oh, great callers. Oh, look, another one's ringing. There, there's the, uh, the fat one now. Hey! What are you talking about? Why what is it, Chris? That one? He's going to give us a blow-by-blow. Blow. Okay, great. This is the expert on the famous. People, people don't like to actually listen. You just want to know if people have been to this uh, place, right? Right. Yeah, these people aren't listening. They're just calling in. Give us a spy report if you've eaten there. Is it great? Is it like the old famous? Is it better than uh, the Rascal House? Is the food great? Is the uh, what is something? Lisa Jesus, K. Christ, how difficult is it to figure that out? Five six seven zero oh, five sixty. And Lee's been there. What his report? The I'm calling him right now. What? Lee Feldman has been there, and I'm calling him right now to get his report. How do you know? One guy said he was there. Deli. The food was uh, okay. It was okay. Huh? Hey, not great. I'm going to put Lee on speakerphone. Is that what he said? All right, Lee, you're on speakerphone. I usually uh, hit on fix okay. this way, but now we're actually talking on the air. There's hey, the only way we can get a phone call. Go ahead, answer okay. Neil. He wants to know about it. used to be Cat's Deli, he says. Yeah. Turn the radio off. You'll just get confused. Listen to us in here. Why is he listening yeah. on the radio? Is he really that stupid? Well, he doesn't Come on, know. Flea. So anyway, tell us how the food was. <laughs> I think he hung up on you. I think he hung up on you. I can hear you. And you're yeah, knocking you're on the, the callers? You're knocking the callers? Wait a minute. He was off turning the radio off. How was it? How was it, Lee? It's a good place. That place has been like three different places. It used to be a, a, a red door Thai place, and then it became a cat's deli, and then it was only a cat's deli for like six or seven months. Now it's the uh, famous kosher, whatever it's called now, but it's, it's a good place. You've been there since it uh, was the famous? I've been to all three places, yeah. So Lee says it's good. there in the Promenade Shopping Center over there by right. the Winn-Dixie right there. The sure. Park's place. Where Power and, Smoothie uh, is. Some kind of gym there. Yeah, the gym is good. They have hot action there. So what, what yeah, did you have when you went... I had, uh, had all I had was a bagel sandwich with uh, with some hummus, but it was good. Bagels with some good. hummus, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's real. It's a real deal kosher uh, Jewish place for sure. Yeah, oh. they don't open uh, okay. on Shabbos. They close Friday night at some oh, hour. Oh, cool! Okay. Jews eat there. Oi, any other questions for Lee? Maybe Gary Sarner. Maybe you're running to Gary Sarner there, and then if you do, you can ask him how come he didn't sign him up to advertise on our station. Okay, I think we're done with Lee, right? Thanks a lot, Flea. He's right. gone. He ran Bye. away. As soon as he heard my voice, he ran. All right, another caller called him and said he's been there since the famous, and it's great. It's great. Probably the owners. That's okay. The menu looks sensational. And one thing I will tell you is this. There aren't too many bad delis, although Rimmer once took me one in Yenemsville. Remember that time he took me out here about 100 miles out into, like, uh, who knows where it was? I have no idea. I think he took me to Kingston or somewhere. I mean, I've never driven so far to get to such a mediocre place. Rimmer's favorite deli. Oy vey. The tables were so small, you were knocking knees under the table, which I think is what Rimmer wanted. Oh, my God. Just to die from. Not to die for, to die from. But it, you don't usually find bad delis. And the reason that all the uh, delis in town went out of business, like the Carnegie. The Carnegie deli, I'm trying to think where the hell it was. You don't remember it? 
Nope. Was it on Miracle Mile in the Gables or somewhere like that? It was uh, somewhere down south. No, I never hung out there. It was great. In fact, that's not the one I'm even thinking of. The Carnegie Deli was a different one. This one began with an M. Marshall Majors. Marshall Majors, not to be confused with Stan Major. All right, yeah, more people are saying it's great, it's great, and they want to talk to you. I don't want to, t- I don't want to talk to them, okay? Forget about it. Oh, that's why I hung up on them when they said that. Good. If I wanted to take calls, we could do that. You could punch them up there, but I don't want to. Marshall Majors. Now, that was in the Gables. I'm going to Google it during the break. That place was great. Not go- and the Carnegie Deli used to be a sponsor, but I wish to hell a long time ago, a million years ago. I can't remember where the hell it was. They were in Broward, somewhere in Broward. Fort Lauderdale, to be exact. And it was really excellent. But the problem with the delis is that all the old Jews stole the silverware and the sweet and low, and they put them out of business. And you think I'm joking when I say that. Like Wolfie's and Pumpernick's. I don't think you're joking. It's the true story. At any rate, you don't remember Marshall Majors? No, I remember Marshall Mathers from that bad show. You just haven't been around, man. You've been, of course, it's probably 100 years ago. Yeah. That's what happens when you get to be 500 years old. I told old you the like places me. where I lived down All here. All the places that you used to love. You ask everybody else, oh, I never heard of that. That's because I lived they weren't in even born Yedemsfeld. when you were going there. When I lived yeah. down here before, it was down there, Homestead, Leisure City, Redlands, Yenemsville. Yeah, you told me that before. You right. keep telling us that. Well, you keep forgetting it. You never got far away from home, is that it? Stead. <laughs> well, I'm sure they got a lot of great kosher delis in Homestead. Yeah. <laughs> For the gigantic... Of course, you don't have to be Jewish to love Delhi. You know who loves Delhi? Black folks. Okay. It's true. I'll take your word for it. I don't know what the what, reason is not to like. But uh, it's good? black folks love Delhi. What? Because it's good, maybe? Yeah. Like in Detroit. And I remember like that time when Dick Purton was talking to us, and I had turned him on to lose finer delicatessen. Now, unfortunately, like everything else in Detroit, it went downhill. And in the years since I left, it turned... And he tried it on my recommendation and said, Oi, it was uh, horrible. Lose Finder Deli. And when you'd go in there, like uh, at least 60% of the clientele would be black. Of course, that was in Detroit. But nevertheless, they had all these other restaurants to choose from. They love deli, man. Who doesn't love a great bowl of matzo ball soup, some fried kreplach? This place sounds sensational. I might just have to come down there and try it. But don't go there on Friday night because they're not going to be open, Neil. It's the Shabbos. They're real uh, you know, observant. They're kosher. I'm going to sneak in some bacon. Wouldn't that be, that, that would that would be, be great. just like me, wouldn't it? Being Good. a heathen bastard then, sneak in something trafe. Yeah, well, rub the grease on your fingertips and then touch stuff. <laughs> I can I can squeeze the mezuzah with now, my bacon grease laden fingers. If you rub bacon grease on your hand and then shake the chef's hand, they have to close down, right? Because he's no longer kosher. They have to kill him. He becomes trafe. 66, you're not going to make no 450 today, man. This pull is slowed down to a crawl. I don't know what's going on today. Is there some is there some other kind of holiday we don't know about yet? Or are we just uh, it's Easter Wednesday. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was Purim Wednesday. Or maybe Pesach coming next month. 1255 at 560 WQM. Brought you a big black guy named Ben Car Alarm. Now bring you an old Jewish guy named Isaac. Get away from my automobile, you big MF. Remember when we used to boost them back in Caribbean? Yeah, yeah. yeah we ought to get a bundle for this, baby. Yeah. The white ones are cooler. Yeah. Get away from my automobile, you big MF. What the hell is that? I object seriously oh. to profanity like that. 
Get away from my automobile, you big MF. Get away from my automobile, you big MF. Whenever some bastard tries to steal my car, I feel safer with an old Jewish guy named Eisen. Get away from my automobile, you big MF. Get your old Jewish guy named Eisen car alarm now and receive a free flower antenna. Get away, get away, get away from my automobile, you big, big MF. An old Jewish guy named Eisen car alarm, now available at all Zare stores. Oh, uh, Chicken Neck is still using his Zares credit card is what I hear. It's 1 o'clock at 560 WQAM, so I googled Marshall Majors Deli, and you know what I found? What? what? Nothing. Oh. That's depressing. That was a great place. It was in the gable somewhere. Somebody call up and tell uh, Chris where the uh, Marshall Majors was. Now, the Carnegie Deli, I don't have to. Uh, I did Google it. Wait till I tell you what I found. But it, right. was in, uh, it was in Galleria in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. The Galeria. The Carnegie Deli. You never heard of it? The Galeria, yeah. yeah. And I, so I Googled Carnegie Deli to find the South Florida ones because I think there was more than one, but there was that one for sure in Lauderdale. And I found from the New York Times an article July 30th, 2002, two men are sentenced to life for slayings above Carnegie Deli. Two gunmen convicted of killing three people and wounding two others in an execution-style shooting above the Carnegie Delicatessen in Midtown Manhattan were sentenced to life in prison yesterday, July 30, 2002. The killings on the evening of May 10 last year were the result of a boxed attempt to steal marijuana and cash in an apartment above the deli on 7th Avenue between 54th and 55th Street. After the sound of gunfire sent people scrambling on the Midtown streets outside, uh, the two gunmen fled the apartment and managed to get lost in the crowds. How do you like that? Above the Carnegie Deli. Nothing kosher about that. Well, most of these other delis weren't really strictly kosher, but this one obviously is. Because any place that closes down Friday night at sundown and doesn't open up again until Saturday at uh, sundown. Yeah, that's kosher. Can't get much more kosher than that. Speaking of kosher, how do we do with our Panther ticket, ticket, ticket? Did we get rid of them all? We don't know. Yes, we got rid of them all. Did we really? We did. How do you know that? You're just saying that. Okay. I'm just How about saying the that. calls on Marshall Majors, Chris? We getting any? He's uh, writing something down. He's Is on the phone really? talking to someone. Well, writing this something is exciting. Down. We're like, no. and, and you know, the MySpace crowd, I don't know about that crowd. You know, the, uh, they know nothing. Hmm. It was in South Miami. Right. Right off 57th and Sunset. See, that's back in my WS News days. And the studio for WNWS was on Ludlam Road at Dixie Highway. And what's Ludlam Road, like 70... 67. Very good, excellent, that's, that's absolutely correct. So this wasn't far from work. This is right up the old Hershey Highway, Marshall Majors. Boy, that was good. See, and people say, oh, you're living in the past, and like you, you get all bent out of shape when I do that thing about the restaurants from the past. Just like those shows about um, controver controversial shows from the past with your friend Reverend, Reverend Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so many morons and so little time it's just it's staggering you know sure is so you had uh, somebody called and said they remembered marshall majors or they just knew where it was uh they told me where the address was yeah and i said okay but they said it was there. great and they ate there many times and it was fantastic and they didn't say that much neil's got great taste in uh, deli and other uh, jew food and stuff they didn't say that that's where it was though in south aid 
Boy, how, how the times have changed, huh? Now, back in those days, I lived in Kendall. Off of Sunset on mm-hmm. 107th Ave in Kendall. Right off the corner there. And, that, and remember we were talking about the supermarkets? And it used to be, uh, whatever, Grand, Grand Union. The Grand Union's long gone, right? Well, that would be like, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah, that's right, 100 years ago. Well, what, what do you expect? I'm 140 years old. Back when I was a young guy, I was only 40, 100 years ago. And it was right on the corner. There was a Grand Union, etc. Mm-hmm. Maureen Dowd writes, Hillary or nobody, question mark. While the cool cat's away, the Hillary mice will play, Maureen says. As Barack Obama was floating in the pool with his daughters the last few days in St. Thomas, some Clinton disciples were floating the idea of St. Hillary as his vice president. She can't win without him, said one Hillary advisor, and he can't win without her. They're stuck with each other. It's one of my favorite movie formulas, driving the dynamics in such classics as A Few Good Men, The Big Easy, and Guys and Dolls. Charming, good guy spars and quarrels with no-nonsense, driven girl until they team up in the last reel. He spices up her life, she stiffens his spine. And soon they hear the pitter-patter of little superdelicate feet who are thrilled not to be pulled in two directions anymore. And everybody's happy. Or are they? A couple of weeks ago, when Hill and Bill mentioned the possibility of a joint ticket, it was an attempt to undermine Obama and urge voters and superdelegates to put Hillary on top. The implication was that this was the only way Democrats could have both their stars, and besides, it was her turn. The precocious boy wonder had plenty of time. But with the math not in her favor and her options running out, Bill Richardson running out, and, uh, boy, I can't, I, there's a word here that I can't read. Narrative of dodging bullets in Bosnia. Oh, I see. A lie. And securing peace in Northern Ireland unraveling. Could Hillary actually think the vice presidency is the best she'll do? One Hillary pal said she wouldn't want to go back to a center full of lawmakers who'd abandon her for Obama. And even if she could get to be a majority leader, would it be much fun working with Nancy Pelosi, whose distaste for the Clintons has led her to subtly maneuver for Obama? Maybe the Terminator is thinking if she could just get her pump in the door, Dick Cheney, after all, was able to run the White House and the world from the vice president's residence, calling every shot while serving under a less experienced and younger president. An observatory circle is just up the street from where Hillary now lives. But aside from Barack and Michelle Obama's certain resistance, would it fly? Many Hillary voters are hardening against Obama, and more and more Obama fans are getting turned off by the idea of dragging down the Obama brand with Clinton dysfunction. No drama, vote Obama. Placard and T-shirts are popping up at Obama rallies, and one of his military advisors dubbed him No Shock Barack. It's hard to imagine that after spending her whole life playing second fiddle to a superstar politician, Hillary wants to do it again. She's been vice president. Could the Veep talk be a red herring, a ploy designed to distract attention from the Clintons' real end game? Even some Clinton loyalists are wondering aloud if the win-at-all-cost strategy of Hill and Bill, which continued Tuesday when Hillary tried to drag Reverend Wright back into the spotlight, is designed to rough up Obama so badly and leave the party so riven that Obama will lose in November to John McCain. If McCain only served one term, Hillary would have one last shot. On Election Day in 2012, she'd be 65. Why else would Hillary suggest that McCain would be a better commander-in-chief than Obama, and why else would Bill imply that Obama was less patriotic and attended by more static than McCain? Why else would Phil Singer, a Hillary spokesman, say in a conference call with reporters on Tuesday that Obama was trying to disenfranchise the voters of Florida and Michigan? When it comes to voting, Senator Obama's turned the audacity of hope into the audacity of nope, he said, adding there's a basic reality here, which is we could have avoided the entire George W. Bush presidency if we'd accounted votes in Florida. So is Singer making the case that Obama's as anti-democratic as W. was when he snatched Florida from Al Gore? Some top Democrats are increasingly worried that the Clinton's divide-and-conquer strategy is nihilistic, Hillary or no Democrat. Or as one Democrat described it to ABC's Jake Tapper, Hillary is going for the Tanya Harding option. If she can't get the gold, kneecap her rival. 
After all, the Clintons think of themselves as the Democratic Party. When Bill and Dick Morris triangulated the first term, it was what was best for Bill, not for the party. In 96, when Bill turned the White House into Motel 1600 for fundraisers, it was more about his re-election than the re-elections of fellow Democrats in Congress. In 2000, the White House focused its energies more on Hillary's Senate win than Al Gore's presidential run. And even Clinton supporters know that Bill doesn't want to be replaced as the first black president, especially by a black president with enough magic to possibly eclipse him in the history books. That's your uh, gal, Maureen Dowd, Maureen the Queen, in the New York Times today. How's the poll coming? Are you going to get your 450 or what? Oh, 389. No chance. Oh, we can do crazy. it. Crazy? What? We can do it. You need 61 votes in uh, 52 minutes? Uh, you should be able to do it. We can do it. What difference does it make? None. We just pretend to be upset. We gave away those Panther tickets. We gave away that uh, certificate for um, downtowner. And the good news is that'll be our Neil Deal thing tomorrow. We actually have one this week because they're still in business. And I bet you that famous kosher deli is still in business, too, based on the calls that we're getting and based on what your friend Flea was babbling about when he finally figured out how to turn the radio off. It is, and uh, it's great food from what I'm being told. People are calling and telling you it's really great? Yeah, a couple of people, and actually uh, a good friend called and said they used to get from uh, there like once a week for work. Mmm. Mmm. Now I'm aggravated. I can't find no kishka here. Maybe I could find that, uh, I could take the Pontiac and drive around all afternoon and see if I could find that deli 100 miles from here that Rimmer took me to that time, the place where the uh, food just absolutely sucked. Yeah, Rimmer. What? Maybe he remembers where it is. He can uh, send you a Google map. I don't want to. I could talk to him, but you know what? I don't want to. Which part of the newspaper do you always read? I never, I don't read newspapers, 76. That's leading almost 20%, including George. Sports, 72. Local News, 63. Editorial page, 38. The front page, 38. Comics, 32. Obituaries, 15. I don't, I just, I don't know. Maybe if you're old, you know, like me, you want to see if anybody you knew croaked. Business, 12. Crossword Puzzle, 11. Coupon, 7. National News, 7. The World, 6. Horoscope, 4. The Ads, 3. Classifieds, 3. Dear Abby, 2. And State News, Solamente Uno. Who wants to read state news about a bunch of silly-ass rednecks in Florida who can't do anything right? 390. So you need 60 in 50 minutes. It's uh, it's doable, but I don't know. We'll do it. Something going on today. It'll come through. Can't you feel it? Can't you smell it? There's something in the air? I smell something. Mm-hmm. That's Chris. Oh. No, I shower. Change your pants, man. Change your pants. Too many uh, sandwiches. <laughs> Too much food going through that joint. I, I, was I don't have the problems that you have. The Carnegie Deli. Now, I know I was on W. Snooze back when that place was really popular, and I'm sure that they must have brought us food. This, this has been going on for a long time. This is the only place, now that i got the studio in my apartment here, this is the only place I've ever been safe from the barrage of all the incoming food. And, and of course, having no willpower, I've never been able to resist anyway. I mean, IOD was like just, just a nonstop it, it, right. barrage. It was insane. It was like a food orgy every day. And Zeta, by 9 o'clock in the morning, we'd have eaten three meals already at Zeta. Pizza, cheeseburgers. There was a place, and again, here we go with this again. I have no idea what it was. Where they open real early, just special for us, and make these incredible cheeseburgers and bring them to the studio at Zeta. All for me! It's yeah. Here. No, not just all for me, for Caprita and the bird. Your friend the bird. Mm-hmm. He, he enjoyed himself. He had a good time on that show. Mm-hmm. What? 
I'm acknowledging what you said. <laughs> I didn't listen to the show on Zeta. He didn't enjoy himself in IOD because I was talking about the Cubs or something he wasn't interested in. He would put his he head down on the he put his sweetest head down on the gig counter. in the world, yeah. and he blew it. He was getting paid fifty grand a year to eat free food and cackle sure. once in a while. And just keep his mouth shut most of the time. He couldn't uh -huh. do it. And now he's dead. Twelve minutes after one at 560, WQM Neal's half-price deals continue to be the hit of the town speaking of great food. Every week, we have another offer for you with more Happy Neal Rogers listeners. And starting at noon tomorrow, you'll be able to buy $50 certificates for just 25 bucks to the downtown or saloon of Fort Lauderdale Landmark. And one of the great last, one of the last great local restaurants downtown, like I just said. With waterfront dining on the New River, this family-friendly restaurant and saloon has got a local friendly atmosphere and awesome chef specials, including a raw bar and a fantastic all-you-can-eat Sunday brunch, as well as all-you-can-eat crab legs on Sunday nights. Try the best seafood around, including crab cakes, fresh grouper, and seared tuna, or try the awesome roasted prime rib of the ribeye. The downtown is a great place to watch your favorite teams during March Madness on their high-def big screens, two-for-one drinks Monday through Friday, and live entertainment Wednesday through Saturday. And now, thanks to yours truly, you'll be able to buy $50 certificates for just half price, 25 bucks tomorrow at the noon. It opens at noon tomorrow at WQM.com. But don't forget, like Tommy always tells us, act fast, because once they're gone, they're just gone. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Have a decent pace off. Hello, I'm Tommy from Tommy, saying for the best Thai food and the best service, as long as you're not black, come on down to Thai Tommy on South Beach. We know like black people, they don't keep well. Besides, why black people want to eat Thai food anyway? We don't have fried chicken on the menu. Oh, wait, I forget. We have a spare ribs. Lu Ching, Kai Chao, put spare ribs on menu. So, if you're not black, come on down to Thai Tommy. Come to think of it, those damn gay people, we know like them either. Sure, they keep food, but they talk too loud with funny lips. Disturb other customers, no come back. So, no gay, no black. And while we're at it, Latin people, you make reservation for 715. Don't show up at 820 and expect your table. We give it to somewhere else already. Latin people always late. No black, no gay, no Latin in Thai tummy. And Jewish people, you stop bickering over bill. Who cares who have what? Pay where the go. Settle outside. Take 45 minutes trying to divide up bill. We know what you hear. No Jew, no black, no fag, no Cuban. And white people, you think you're better than everybody else? Complain too much if we don't kiss your ass. You will not come back. No white, no black, no Jew, no Latinos, no gays. Everybody else, for the best Thai food, come on down to Thai Tommy on the beach. Hurry before we have to close. 117, if I wonder if they ever did close Thai Tommy. You think, do we know? I thought they did. But do I, I care? Know. I don't know. No. I don't think so. I think they're still... Uh... I'm still doing their thing, whatever the thing is. I did Google uh, Carnegie Deli for Lauderdale, and I was just reading and it quit screw up on my computer. Uh, see. That when you huh? All the time. It freezes up. Why, why does that happen? Because it's something you want to do. Can you give me a serious answer for once in your life? No. Supposed, you guys are supposed to be the computer experts. I, I'm telling you, it's Murphy's Law of Computers. Do you want to do it? It's going to blow up. Just freezes up your computer, and you have to like do all kinds of a stand on your head to get the damn mm -hmm. thing back to a uh, Foxfire, uh, Firefox, Foxfire. Anyway, and there was an article about uh, Fort Lauderdale working harder than any other city in the U.S. to discourage spring breakers. And Nikki Grossman was going on with her big fat mouth about, "Oh yeah, isn't it wonderful? We had to work very hard, but we finally got all those punks out of here. All the punks and drunks and blah blah blah." Yeah, right. 
406 votes on Chris's poll. He's got 42 minutes to get 44 votes. I think anybody. I think even uh, Stevie Wonder could do that. Don't you? Yes, indeed. So I can't find too much about the... Well, the Carnegie Deli is still in New York, I'm sure. And the people of South Florida had a chance to have a reading, and they didn't want it. They said, here's a great deli from New York, and just like you used to love it. We don't want to. We don't want to. If it's good, they don't want to. That's why I wish the best of luck to this new uh, famous uh, kosher deli, whatever it is, in Aventura, because if it's really great. Now, I would imagine in that area that it would be packed, wouldn't you? I imagine, and I bet you it is. I imagine they would do a hell of a business in that area. Where Remember that song by Connie Francis, Where the Jews Are, mm-hmm. right? Of course, there aren't too many Jews left in South Florida. They've all been pushed out by your people. They've all been shoveled up to Boca, if you call that South Florida. See, to me, Boca is like, I mean, I only have listeners in Boca like chicken and... Where the Goyam are. In the tea room at Westland. If Jose Canseco was seeking revenge, he found it, writes Terry Thompson, Christian Red, and Michael O'Keefe in the New York Daily News. <coughs> oh, man. Wow. I'm gagging on it. Canseco says he was nice enough to educate Alex Rodriguez about steroids and even introduced him to a friendly steroids dealer in the late 1990s. But that A-Rod returned the favor by trying to bet his wife, the former Bash Brother alleges in his new book, Vindicated, Big Names, Big Liars, and the Battle to Save Baseball. Whatever his motivation, can, and of course this morning, a DA who was on for Joe was just wailing about this. Well, A-Rod don't need his wife. He doesn't need sloppy second. He must have said that 400 times. He was very, very upset about that. D.A. He'll be on again tonight from 9 to midnight. Now, was the Beast on last night? Was he actually, did they roll him out of the yeah, house? he was and on. He, and? How and was he it? was on. And? He was on. Can't you be I didn't listen. Move? Then how do you know he was on for sure? Because I was driving around about 10.30 heading home. Radio happened to be on. I was like, oh, driving around with your windows and on. on. And? And my radio had to be on at 560. I was like, oh, hey, the Beast is on. And then I put a CD on. That is so smart. I was on the mood for some chili peppers, so, you know. Whatever his motivation, Canseco writes, he's confident the Yankees star and three-time MVP used steroids. I did everything but inject the guy myself, Canseco says in the book. Canseco says he introduced the future Yankee to a trainer named Max. And every time they were in the locker room, you know what he used to say? Push the button. Push the button, Max. That's it. Jack Lemon. Oh, now who did you think it was? Keenan Wynn? Yeah, who was also in that movie. No. No, he the wasn't. The trainer was a fan of steroids. He had connections with local suppliers, Conseco writes. Max later called Conseco to thank him for the reference. He said, A Rod had signed on, Conseco adds. I didn't ask for specifics. Conseco claims Rodriguez paid him back by ogling his then wife Jessica. Conseco and Rodriguez were working out of Conseco's Florida home when Payrod made his admiration obvious. The first day he was there, my then-wife Jessica joined us in the gym, and A-Rod's eyes bugged right out of his head, Conseco wrote. Man, your wife is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, Payrod said. Later, Conseco added, Rodriguez began calling Jessica on her cell phone. I'm not a jealous man, he says, but I could see that Payrod, a bachelor at that time, was jonesing for my wife. Conseco's book is scheduled to be released on Tuesday. Now, what's the date on that? Oh, that was yesterday. Oh, next Tuesday. But publisher Simon & Schuster started shipping copies this week. The New York Daily News obtained a copy yesterday after online columnist Joe Laban first reported on the contents of the book. 
Rodriguez didn't join the Yankees in Winter Haven Tuesday for the game with the Injuns, but as he left Legends Field in Tampa was asked about the book, he told the AP, I have absolutely no reaction. Absolutely. Mm. Asked about the portion pertaining to Conseco's ex-wife, Rodriguez said, I don't know how to answer that. Reached by phone, Conseco seemed miffed that his book would be available a week early. I can't give a comment on until Simon & Schuster okays it, so we're going to have to wait. Conseco also writes that he's not 100% sure that Roger Clemens used steroids, but he sure sounds like he is. According to the book, uh, uh, Clemens would sometimes say he was off to get a B-12 shot, a known synonym in clubhouses for steroids. When a teammate Homer, Clemens would say such things as, Man, you must have had your juice this morning. He's talking about apple use. Even one of television's most respected reporters is thrown into the mix. Mike Wallace, then 86, privately grilled Conseco about the benefits of steroids and human growth hormone after interviewing Conseco in 2005. When the camera stopped rolling, Wallace asked me if we could talk off camera, Conseco writes. He kept me there for another hour, clearly curious about steroids. He wondered how the steroids and human growth hormone might help him, a man in his 80s, live a longer, healthier life. He wanted to know everything. Well, now Mike Wallace is on steroids. All right. Conseco also writes that he injected Maglio Ordonez of the Tiger several times with steroids. Earlier this year, the Times reported that Conseco had offered to keep Ordonez out of the book if Ordonez invested $5 million for a film that Conseco was producing. Sounds like a Larry King scam. Only higher price. Conseco writes in the book that the Times charge is not true and that he wasn't involved in the documentary. I met Mags in 2001 when I was with the White Sox, Conseco writes. When all was said and done, when Mags had the information he needed, he told me he was in. A few days later, we went in the back room in a clubhouse, and I jabbed a needle into his butt. Rectum. Ow, he said, that hurt. you got to get used to it, I said. Ow, he said. Kind of like the uh, don't tase me guy. Ow. Andy. Wasn't that his name, Andy? That was. Andy from Weston? Right. What are you so surprised Gator, about? Gator, that, uh, that you remembered that. He wasn't even cute. Right, exactly. Conseco writes to you, oh, but I'm going to tell you, man, that Stephen Strait in that movie, what's the name of that movie again? The Covenant, the covenant the Jesus, God Almighty, I'm going to tell you. At any rate, Conseco writes that he wanted to include his suspicions about Clemens in his first book, Juice, but the publisher wouldn't let him. According to a source close to the publishing house, Harper Collins, the names included in that book were ones about which Conseco had first-hand knowledge of use. Ow! Conseco writes that comments he made about Clemens to 60 Minutes in ESPN were mysteriously edited out of the reports. Conseco began to think there was some sort of conspiracy afoot. Specifically, Roger Clemens was from Texas. He went to play for the Astros to be close to his family. George W. Bush, a former owner of the Texas Rangers baseball team, is like Clemens, a proud Texan. Clemens is a personal friend of Bush Sr. and his wife, Barbara, with their Marty Feldman eyes. Clemens still has a standing invitation from Bush Jr. to visit the White House anytime he wants. Getting the picture? Maybe the president of the U.S. or his daddy, the ex-president, made some calls and took care of things for old Roger, says Jose. Clemens' attorney, Rusty Harden, and Clemens' spokesman, Joe Householder, didn't return calls seeking comment. But Clemens gets kick-up treatment in the book compared to A-Rod. Conseco ends one chapter by saying, So, A-Rod, if you're reading this book and I'm not getting through to you, let's get it clear on one thing. I hate your blanking guts. Wow, how do you like that? I hate your effing guts, Payrod. That's what Jose Consuco says. Yeah. Woo! Heavy duty. So what do you think? Jose Consuco or Pete Rowe is the bigger scumbag? Chris. I'll go with Consuco. Do you think Chris is the bigger... Uh... Yes, I do. Biggest name. He's the best talent. Let's stay with Neil Rogers on Sports Hole Radio WQAM. 
Well, a couple of years ago, I made some money I didn't pay taxes on. The government's got plenty of money. They don't need your taxes. Dramatically higher taxes. It starts with migraines, and I know why. The headaches always come around tax time. Keep that in mind. Gotta fill in the lines and get it in on time. All I know, tax forms are a pain to think. And filling them out, man, it really stinks. I'm doing all this so they can take my pay. Yes, take half away. It's so unreal. But a fact, you know, I'm in a matrix of pencils and numbers and notes. Lost half my receipts long ago. How I'll ever get to this, I just I don't know. Makes me want to cry, and even though I tried, it all fell apart right from the start. What it means to me is just misery. April 5th, you see, tried so hard and didn't get far. But in the end, someone will fix this matter. Hate to The burden of taxes has shifted from the wealthy to the middle class. That sucks. We're clear. It is the law. <laughs> there he is. There is Bozo, man. 132 at 560 WQM. Don't forget to join George this Friday, speaking of plunging your guts out. At Gulfstream from 10 to 2. Come by for great horse racing, play a little bit of poker, maybe hit the slots for big money like that lady who won her $1.1 million. Plus, enjoy some great food and drinks while George gets you ready for the Florida Derby with his handicrapping. I got to leave at noon on Friday, so you're right. on your own. Man. I got a, an expert. We're going to have a, um, hopefully, we're going to try to get it lined up. Uh, a nice lady that will give us a nice handicapping. Seminar. A nice lady. And George is trying to, uh, he's trying to line up a nice lady for the Gulfstream show. Or, or after yeah, the Gulfstream show. Or several show, or before, nice ladies during. during yeah. Right, yeah. Okay, whatever. Good luck to you. Thank you. Mike Lupica writes in the New York Daily News. I thought Mike Lupica only wrote about sports, Chris. Okay. Although, doesn't he? I know he writes about sports a lot, but I guess he Although doesn't. he does mention Roger Clemens in this story, so I guess that makes it kosher. The headline on the story, Governor Patterson and Hillary Clinton need to stop telling stories. It goes one of two ways for David Patterson, another politician out of New York who doesn't know when to shut up any more than Swillery Clinton does. Here's one. Patterson continues to give us way more information about his past than any of us ever needed, and they run him out of Albany faster than his predecessor ran working girls out of hotel rooms. The other is that he stops giving interviews now, stops acting as, as if that's his day job, and begins to show if he actually has seen chops, if he has the chops for a job he clearly never expected to have in the years when he was, in the words of the late great Warren Zevon, making out like Charlie Sheen. If Patterson can manage that, an old Albany boss named Joe Bruno ends up acting governor for a few months. Then Mike Bloomberg gets a special election he wants in the fall, and Bloomberg essentially succeeds one kind of frisky crusader, Spitzer, the way he did when he succeeded another frisky crusader, Rudy Giuliani, to become mayor of New York. Bloomberg says he's not interested in being governor. Generally, with him, when he says one thing about his political ambitions, you throw it all down and bet the other way. So that's one scenario for Patterson, one that takes him across the clown line forever. The other is that he really does learn how to stop acting as if he's talking to Dr. Phil instead of to us. Because up to now, the only thing David Patterson hasn't told us is that he had to dodge sniper fire on his way to his next girlfriend. Patterson apparently expects New York Democrats to start singing Happy Days Are Here Again because he's the governor who didn't have to pay for it. Even his college kids start to think hanging with him would be a lot more fun on spring break than going to Florida. Patterson is a progressive and decent guy, some of them Richard Brodsky, someone who knows Patterson from Albany was saying yesterday, but he needs to understand that the political climate in this country right now, the whole presidential election is about character. If there's one message that the American people are sending, it's that. We all ought to be listening. 
Brodsky, a Hillary Clinton supporter, was asked if that includes the U.S. Senator from New York as well as the new governor of the state. It means all of us, he said. But both the governor of New York and the senator from New York had called out on character now in judgment. Why? Because neither knows when to zip, zip it. That's why. Patterson keeps telling us all about the women he's had. Send up a flare if you think there are more to come. And his Delta House passed. And Hillary Clinton talks herself into a world of trouble by making a trip to Bosnia in 1996. Sounded as if we're seen of out of Black Hawk Down when it wasn't anything of the kind. What's this fax? Oh, I see. It's about a deli. This is what Senator Clinton said last week in a speech referencing the trip to Bosnia and remind another example of her former career as an international troubleshooter. I remember landing under sniper fire. There was supposed to be some kind of greeting at the airport, but instead we just ran with our heads down to get to vehicles, uh, to get into vehicles to go to our base. That was last week. On Monday, here's what Clinton said when asked about the trip to Bosnia by columnist Will Bunch of the Philadelphia Daily News. We had to have our bulletproof stuff on because of the threat of sniper fire. I was also told that the greeting ceremony had been moved away from the tarmac, but there was this eight-year-old girl, and I, I can't rush by her. I've got to at least greet her. So I greeted her, I took her stuff, and then I left. Now, that's my recollection of it. <coughs> when pressed on the issue of her credibility by a bunch, she continued, I think that a minor blip, you know, if, some, if I said something like that, you know, I say a lot of things, millions of words a day, so if I mis misspoke, that was a misstatement. When she talks about how she misspoke and misstatements, she starts to sound like Roger Clemens. No, she means exactly what she said originally. It was a story that she thought she could get by with, and a campaign built on this whopper of a notion that she was practically co-president of the U.S. once. You can only imagine the hysterical reaction from her spokesman, Howling Wolfson, if Obama's version of something was this far from the truth. She originally talked about being worried about sniper fire and running for cover, Will Bond said yesterday. Then you look at the footage, and there's her daughter Chelsea standing right there next, uh, right next to her. The Mias kite, well, both of them. Is it why the new governor of New York looks more honest when talking about women on the side than women running for president looks talking about a trip abroad? Yesterday, Clinton was still answering questions about Bosnia, even as she desperately wanted to change the subject back to Barack Obama's pastor, saying again she misspoke and then adding this. I'm a human, which, you know, is for some people a revelation. Not so much, says Mike Lupica. Are you there? Right here. Oh, okay. I thought I lost you. Oh, here you go. I didn't want to hear it because it's by Mike Lupico, who usually talks about sports. He did mention Roger Clemens. I'll carry the way. That was good. And what's even better is we got enough votes on there. We got what? 432? I bet if I refresh it, we got more than that. 433. Woo! They're pouring in by the ones, man. We need only 17 votes to get that 450. And you got 23 minutes to do it. Told you. Puerto Rican Ralph says, I, last time in New York City, I ate at the Carnegie Deli at 57th Street. I was greeted by the owner, who was a big fat Jew. Then we had a nice bowl of Jewish penicillin, and then we had pastrami on the table. They had pickles and coleslaw. So the one here, if it's closed, they're missing the best in the world. Also, it says the reservations for Vancouver have been made. Air for Hotel, oh, good deal. Good deal. You want to go to a really great hotel, by the way, in Vancouver. Sutton Place is my recommendation, Ralph. Right downtown, right in the middle of things. It's a beautiful uh, expense. I don't remember if it's that expensive, but you'll like it. So have a good time in Vancouver, Ralph, and thanks for the Carnegie Deli. Yeah, we had it, and it's gone. And once it's gone, they don't come back. It's gone. You notice that? Yep. Like the famous thing. Now, now this famous may have absolutely nothing to do with the original of famous, because this one's called Famous Kosher Deli. But I have a feeling they're you know, playing on the name. Because it's, I think, the third or fourth time they brought back a famous deli. And I'm going to give it a try. And if it's as good as the one on Miami Beach, man, I'm going to rave about it. Even if they don't buy any spots, I'll rave about it until the cows come home. 
See, once upon a time, I would discover a food product or a restaurant or something really good. And I'd go on the air and I'd rave about it. And then before you know it, we'd be doing spots for them. They'd become a sponsor, you know, like the way it works on uh-huh. your radio. You'll be happy to know Pete Lenny came in and uh, to get the name of that place, and he's going to go call on them. There you go. A real, real professional Jew. I mean, salesman. Pete Lenny. Good for him. Even though he is an ass kisser. But, you know, he knows what, he knows what it takes to survive in this uh, dog-eat-dog world. Right. You know? Dogs. He's a hustler. He hustles. He does. He, he goes out there and he makes calls, you know. As opposed to some of the people like Brian Schmutz who come back from oblivion, wherever the hell he went to, and they blow away whatever spots we had on the air. It's just amazing. I could write a chapter in a book, the book you keep telling me I'm going to write, a chapter just about the sales department and how they've destroyed everything it took me 32 years to build up. It's just amazing to me. Astonishing. Shocking. And, of course, keep in mind, we don't, we don't really get to hear the story behind the story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the story with Ponytail. We don't know what really went on there that pissed him off so bad. Which he keeps telling us it's the sales department. 434 votes. You need 16, Fat Chris. All right. Biggest names. The best talent. You don't listen to Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. He's our candidate, Obama, get on the boat, cause we love Obama, don't care his name, sounds just like Osama. Obama, you beat Hillary, Obama, mop up the poor, get your booty, mama, will you still be around in November, easy name, they will never come on now, Obama, he's our candidate, Obama, get on the boat, cause we love Obama, don't care his name, sounds just like Osama. We love your white stinky shit that thing All the way to Washington and Let's party in the Democratic Party And the way you make the speeches make the girls feel naughty Duty, duty, gotta do your duty Keep the friends out of Washington and Those chicken, Hillary shaking And the way you campaign's got Republicans great Obama, you big Hillary Obama, mop up the poor Keep your booty, mama Will you still be around in November? Easy name, you will never come on now Obama, he's our candidate Obama, get out of the boat, cause we have Obama. Don't care his name, so just like Osama. Obama, mama. 146 is 560. WKM, we got jerks back now for another, uh, getting us ready for another heat loss. Yeah. Uh, how many games they got left? Hopefully not too many. Probably about 10 or so. Oh, like too many. Way too many. I would say 10 too many. Anyway, Sean, the uh, pole guy from Hollywood, says, despite the potential after effect, I seriously stumbled upon the best way to make a steak. Grill your steak to medium rear, slap it on the cutting board and slice it up, stir-fry it for 90 seconds in butter, salt, pepper, and maybe some garlic. Serve on a TV tray in the bathroom. (laughs) That's cute. He says the butter really does it in more ways than one. Steak, butter, salt, and pepper, garlic. Um, One to two pounds of uh, steak. Oh, I see. He's got the the amount of each ingredient. And he says two each medium depends on all diapers. They have five games left. Oh, See, I told you ten was way too many. P.S. Please mention time, location of George's next appearance. You think I need to do that again? George will be at Gulfstream Friday, 10 to 2. Now, where exactly are you going to be hanging it out at Gulfstream? It's uh, in the same place, the uh, the finish line casino right there. It's in the middle. It's very hard to miss. It's hard to miss, Sean. Kind of the ground floor. Right right next to the, um, what do they call it? The, the Where they where they parade the horses around? No, where they parade oh, the horses. Oh, the ring? The yeah. walking ring? Yeah, like the not the promenade. not The, uh, it starts the with walking a P. ring. It starts with a P. 
It starts with a P? Yeah. I want to say promenade, but I'm sure that's not it. The paddock, something like the that. The paddock. Yeah, yeah there the we go. Paddock. Right there, right there next to that. Who does have the, probably the best early speed of the speeds in here today, and she's coming up from Gulfstream Park. See, how do you like that? Wow. Is that an omen or what? Woo! Heavy duty. It's the uh, third race at Aqueduct, 10 minutes away. And if Sean shows up, he can be part of our uh, betting seminar class that we're going to take there at 1 o'clock. How do you know he knows anything about betting? It's for people that don't know anything oh, about betting. I see. It. going to get that girl to take us by the hand, gently, I hope, and walk us through the process. Oh, processes. by the way, the Leafs got pounded by Boston 6-2 last night. We'll lose in Boston again tomorrow night. They're done. Panthers are done in spite of that last spot we had. We'll take the money, though. Thank you. Hillary Clinton Tuesday revived the row over fiery racial rhetoric by Democratic foe Barack Obama's former pastor as she tried to dodge that storm over her overblown account of the 96 trip to Bosnia. With the White House race again consumed by bitterness, the New York senator said she would have left the church had her pastor come out with remarks like those of Reverend Jeremiah Wright. The Obama campaign accused her of trying to deflect from her own embarrassment after she admitted that her claims that she dodged sniper fire during the Bosnia trip as first lady were untrue. How come they keep using all these, uh, they lie, that's all lie, L-I-E, okay? Not a misstatement, not untrue, a freaking lie. I made a mistake, that happens. It proves I'm human, which for some people is a revelation, she said, as the controversy raged, distracting from her claims of high-level foreign policy experience. In addition to which, what if, what if the story was true? What if she did have to dodge sniper fire? What does that have to do with foreign policy experience? You know what I'm saying? She rode on a jet. You know, she'd been to foreign places. And what about the pilot? How come he can't be president then? Good at the pirate? Arr. She used that same news conference in Pennsylvania to pointedly discuss Wright after a week of choosing not to comment on the issue. I think given all we've seen and heard, he would not have been my pastor, Clinton said. We, do, we don't have a choice when it comes to our relatives. We do have a choice when it comes to our pastors and the church we attend. The Fuhrer prompted Obama to give a landmark speech on racial reconciliation last week, which appeared to quiet the storm, but Republican commentators denounced him for refusing to disown right and the drama, which some analysts could say could hurt Obama with the drama with working-class white voters, looks set to be a general election issue if he wins the nomination. Obama spokesman Bill Burton accused Swillery of bringing up race row, the race row to cloud her own embarrassment. After originally refusing to play politics with this issue, it's disappointing to see Swillery's campaign sink to this low in a transparent effort to distract attention away from the story she made up about dodging sniper fire in Bosnia, he said. The truth is, Barack Obama's already spoken out against his pastor's offensive comments and addressed the issue of race in America with a deeply personal and uncommonly honest speech. How do you like that? Every time, every time he makes a misstep or somebody makes a misstep mm -hmm. for him, she just falls in a puddle of mud. Her attempts to chase down former Obama are complicated by the Bosnia snafu, which her rival's aides have framed as an example of her dishonesty and her overstating it for her foreign policy experience. It's been a very long campaign, the laughing Clinton said in an interview with Pittsburgh radio station KDKA. I did misspeak the other day. Right. Liar. Obama aides quickly pointed to at least four other occasions stretching back to December when she recalled coming under fire when she landed at Tuzla Air Base on March 25, 1996. She's got this habit of misspeaking. In other words, she's got Greg Reed syndrome. She lies a lot. She lies like a trooper, man, like a champ. Don't let me forget to uh, give away that thing tomorrow. All right. That meal. Matter of fact, certificate. put the reminder right here on the... 443. The Chris is knocking on heaven's door now. Knocking on the edge. 450. We got it already. How do you like that? I, I, re, uh, I did it. Mm -hmm. Refreshed it. 
and it came 450. That was a great line by Sean on there. Yeah. About the Depends. Mm-hmm. He did on a TV tray in the bathroom. <laughs> oh. Where uh, Al Goldstein takes most of his meals, I understand. Why do you say that? Because we have a bit of him doing just that. Oh, we can't play that. No. Are you crazy? The art of dumping, where he's got a TV tray in the bathroom. Yeah, right. Well, when you're that fat, you have to have food with you all the time. You're looking for glory holes. Poor Al. I just, every time I think about him, it just brings a tear to my eye. Because in spite of all his bombacity and all of his, um, you know, not knowing where to draw the line and just being over the uh, edge all the time, he, he really is a sweet guy. He, yes, he you know, is. He means well. Yes, he is. He means well, but, you know, so did uh, Genghis Khan. No, he didn't. Driven by Eddie Cobb in the fourth race at Yonkers. Remember Eddie Cobb? No. Oh. What do you know about? How about corn on the? I do. I remember corning. I do like that Indian corn, man. Now, is that is there really such a thing, or is that just the way you cook it? Maize? What is maize? Corn. Willie? Corn. But, I mean, is it just any old kind of corn? Is not maize. That's a, another word for corn. It is? Yes. Get out of here. I thought maize was like with different colored uh, kernels. No. And was the kernel colored? It depends on which kernel you're talking about. The one with the chicken. Yeah, he's colored white, very white. <laughs> 450 votes on the poll. Here's the deal. Which part of the newspaper do you always read? I don't read newspapers. 90. 20% don't read newspapers. And, of course, if South Florida had one, they might. Sports, 681. Local, 73. Front page, 44. Editorial page, 43. Comics, 36. Business, 18. Obituary, 16. Crossword puzzle, 12. Coupons, 9. National News, 8. World News, 6. Horoscope, 5. The Ads, 3. Classifieds, 3. Dear Abby, 2. And State News, Solamente Uno. Who cares what the Yahoos are doing? Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. 